to call this thing. Ah, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. Welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on the forum. This is Parker. Go by Dr. Mantis Toboggan on forums. MD. Dr. Mantis Toboggan, MD. MD, that's right. Sorry, I forgot, forgot I had to put my... Hey, I earned that. I earned that medical degree. Yeah. <laughs> so, a quick question about that. MD means medical doctor, correct? Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, that just distinguishes that your PhD is in medicine, not in history. I guess, yeah. Uh-huh. Doctor of medicine, yeah. I'm just making sure. Yeah. Dr. Mantis to log in MD. Oh, sorry. All right. Um, so it looks like announcements today. We are down to 32 probation episodes. Whoop whoop. I yep. am cruising right along. If you miss next week because your appendix bursts on camera, then uh, you're going to go up to like 100. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Wait, wait. I get a demerit if my appendix yeah. bursts? Yes. Oh. Jeez, well, I, I mean, not... at a hundred, you might get a whole desagulation. Oh, Jesus, that seems a little backwards. Right. I feel like in my in my in <laughs> in my youth, if if a medical emergency called you away from something, it was usually forgiven, not also punished. <laughs> like... You weren't rewarded for a medical emergency, though. Okay, yeah, Your I parents be... just resented you. You're right. Like, I God, be... if this was this was sixty years ago, we could just let him die. And have you're right. Another kid. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. All right, Parker, what's next? News! News, 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 it will definitely involve the symbiotes. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we're not exactly sure what's going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be a, you know, we'll, we have, we imagine that the plot of the scenario will have something to do with, you know, symbiotes taking over or trying to capture the symbiotes, bring them somewhere. Or symbiotes gone wild. We don't know. But, oh, I, I do have another thing. Mm. Um, I believe that we have the official pricing of the Dormammu raid kit, Ooh. which is, uh, $80. So, does that does that separate from Dormammu? Like, no, do, that's Dormammu and the two terrain pieces, and then okay. I believe some cardboard. Kind of like the Thanos box is the way it works. Yes, cool, cool. Is you that get the little the little Cheeto balls that are on sticks? Yeah. Do you is that more or less than Thanos? I can't remember how much Thanos, Thanos was. Sixty five. Okay. Considering the volume of models, I think the Dormammu will be a better deal. Mm-hmm. Also, he's huge Uncas. Like an actual plastic. That, that's game. that's why it's a better deal, yeah. but it, it's still expensive. I think most people won't buy him. Yeah. But if he's actually playable in game and he's effectively an eighty dollar model, that's going to be kind of annoying. Yeah. I kind of wish they would just do the kit separate for like forty dollars and then do him for forty dollars. I think they just imagine they lose. They only lose money on that, right? If they don't attach it to something in the game. Well, I mean, I don't know. I yeah, there won't be as many people to buy it, but think how many people you'll sell that forty dollar kit to, mm-hmm. like. It's got to split the difference, right? I think I, th- I, I think it's a gamble, right? It's like, do you imagine that people will shell out because it's a model in the game, and so you, you know, you make it eighty bucks, or 
are you going to imagine that they're going to be hobbyists or people that are excited about running events in their game store so they'll buy a copy for the game store or two copies for their game store or buy well, one? Well, I think so. the majority of the people that were going to buy the $80 version of Dormammu are going to buy everything anyway, right? They're just yeah. the completionists like us. Like, we're they're just going to get everything. And therefore, I they're making they're, money, right? They're making there's probably about money. a third of the people that would have bought it that are just big Dormammu fans and don't give a crap about the game. Mm-hmm. And they probably wouldn't have bought the event kit Right. Um, and then I think there's more people that would not have bought the $80 version that would buy the That's... the Dormammu by himself. I, I, I have a feeling, based upon no actual data whatsoever, that I, I have a, the feeling is, is yes. I think if they would have made well, two separate kits, they would sell... If they would have made two separate kits, they would have sold a lot more Dormammu models, I think. I think that's mm-hmm. true. I just recently polled a collection of people, and 100% of them agreed with that statement. That's true. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Now, rock hard data. Of them are on this podcast. <laughs> rock hard, rock hard data. No, you don't even look into it. There's no standard yeah. deviations. It's perfect data. Um, I, I recently watched a video explaining how people doctor numbers to like make their graphs look like they're mm-hmm. what they want. And it's like they don't legally have to put like when they do a bar graph and they're like, see, we're thirty percent ahead of the other people selling trucks. And it's like, well, they don't have to tell you that that is the 95 to 100 percentile and no. so you're 30 percent of them in that five percent bracket and so right. it's actually only like two percent more yep. and you're like that's misleading as fuck yeah because like, you're because the nearest competitor has like half the price for yeah they have 92 percent satisfaction you have 95 percent so you just zoom in until the bars get real yep. big and then you're like oh okay we'll just yep. cut this this five percent out and you're like look we're way bigger look how awesome we is yeah we're the best uh, in other news, we got a Blade panel to play, and I'm really excited because here on the podcast, live, I am going to watch Brandon's face either contort with rage or go slowly into a meh based upon some <laughs> of this data. And I'm really excited. I forbade him from looking at it because I have a feeling that he's going to be really upset. Let's find out. Let's find out here live if Brandon I, I don't upset. know why, but every time you say Blade, it takes me back to that episode of The Community where she's dating the guy named Blade from the carnival, and yeah. then they're watching Blade <laughs> while she's intentionally ignoring him, and it's like, can you stop <laughs> saying the word Blade? It's the name of the movie we're watching, Jenna. It's the name of the main character. He's like, I know, but like, can can we maybe just turn the movie off or watch a different movie? He's like, how dare you say that? Because <laughs> they're just, they want to watch Blade. It's really funny. It's All right. right. Tell, us, tell us about Blade. Okay, so so first thing about Blade is, uh, as you might imagine, uh, he's we, we know he's going to have one range attack, a basic attack with his regular katanas, and they're likely going to cause bleed. We, they don't mention if it's going to be on a wild or just automatically bleeding. Uh, but what's important about Bleed is his, uh, his uh, Spinder attack. His Spinder attack is a Strength 7 attack called Mystic Knight of the Dampir, which is... Uh, we had a conversation in the pre-ramble about how a Dampir is, uh, in Slavic folklore, a half-vampire, half-human... Uh, which is not something you invented for comic books. It was already there. Uh, and it, it hits a, a seven dice, completely re-rollable, if your opponent already has bleed on them. So if you hit them with one of his regular attacks, then likely the the, the Mystic Knight of the Dampir is going to actually uh, be re-rolled with Strength 7. Um, nice. And then also, he makes a medium advance afterwards. Nice. Uh, uh, tar- so kind of oh. similar to Drax on that one. Drax has some mm-hmm. re-rolls if they're bleeding. Good. Right. And if the target doesn't have the bleed condition, Knight of the Dampir uh, puts it on. So it, it also causes bleed. So it looks like it's going to do bleed, 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 bleed. Uh, what? 
the damn fear is going to do bleed. Yep. Weird. Uh, also, of course, uh, going along with the vampire theme, he has uh, an innate superpower called vampiric immortality. Uh, for each other character, that's friend and foe, so each other character on the board currently suffering the bleed condition in range two of him, he automatically gets one power and removes a damage. When? It says it's an innate superpower, so probably maybe at the start of his turn. It doesn't say. So. So yeah, I would assume that's either at the start of his turn or the start of the activation phase. Mm-hmm. So one power, one damage. I guess damage. It, it could be at the end of his turn, but I doubt it to give power if it was at the end of his turn. All right. Yeah. That sounds cool. It is. Uh, and lastly, they made him, it says actually, um, Blade has a leadership for the Midnight Suns. So they mentioned here that's not the leadership for the Midnight Suns, but one of them. Okay. So the Midnight Sun's affiliation, he's got the leadership, and this is the part where I was excited to see your face, okay? It's called Bump in the Night. Every member right, I like it so far. Every member of the affiliation has the ability to spend one power during their activation to be placed within range one of their current position. Okay. That's it. That's fine. That's fine? Okay. That's fine. I I was amazed. What's broken about that? Uh, a la Storm, right? You, we were uh, everybody Storm on the podcast places was within range of somebody else. I know, it, and it, it's it, further than that. I know, but it's once per it's only yeah. you know, once per round. Does he also give everyone healing factor too? <laughs> like we're not even talking about remotely similar things. Well, uh, the reason why I this 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 felt like Storm to me is because mm-hmm. we really appreciated Storm when she came out, but we had no idea how good it really was until we saw Storm with other characters like Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight. I feel like Blade's another one of those that he seems she seems excellent right now, um, but he could get even stronger, uh, even more, uh, 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 what's the word, exploitable. Any ability to move a model range one of their current position, you're talking about things with like large bases, that's a lot of space to cover. Sure. No, I understand how far a, a range one places. No, it's good, but it has to be at the start of their turn or just during their turn. It says during their activation. Okay. Spend a power. To be I mean, it seems like a one. solid leadership. I mean, that's that seems competitive, and it's yeah. gonna have to be to play all these fucking idiot characters they have. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much you hate these guys. I only hate them because I know somebody that likes them. Oh, really? That's generally why I hate things. Oh, okay. Just ask me about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> How do you feel about Led Zeppelin? Fucking hate him. <laughs> but the ringtone on my phone is the Led Zeppelin song. I was going to say. I just hate them because I knew somebody that would never shut up about them. And so oh. I just can't enjoy it. You had a super fan. My my wife did that with The Fifth Element. I love the movie The Fifth Element. Like I like good you know, B sci-fi movies. You made other people hate it because you're such a doofus. No, my wife. Uh, I, I was like, I was like, have you have you seen the Fifth Element? It's on Netflix or whatever. And and she's like, I can't watch the Fifth Element. And I go, why? Because I had a boyfriend once that would only watch uh, the Fifth Element. And I was like, ah, oh, geez, that sucks. Like, so she like same thing, right? Like, it doesn't matter the Fifth Element's a quality movie that's a lot of fun to watch. She had it ruined by somebody who was too much of a fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I uh, I think I do that with songs. I play the same song over and over and over again. I'm not a big fan of... Uh, I, I don't do that for oh. bands, per se, but I do that for songs, and I think I probably ruin them yeah. for people who, who ride in the car with me. But that That's definitely me. Like I have a playlist of like eight songs I listen to like every other day, and mm-hmm. it's been there for like two years. Like, yeah. I rarely change anything. Yeah. It's like my get-up-and-go playlist. Like I'll play it in the morning on my ride to work mm-hmm. if I don't have a podcast I want to listen to. Well, yeah, I, I think this superpower is... Super cool. It actually makes which, the Midnight which Suns. Which 
the the sorry not superpower the team affiliation. I think a uh, blade Stop for the midnight blade. sense. What? <laughs> Stop saying blade. Okay. Uh, Every time you say blade, you get a demerit. Okay. Jeez, this is gonna be hard. I think he's. I think he Ooh. and the stuff. I I think he screams four point character. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna be a four point character. Yeah. He screams. I think they wanted. Point. They definitely wanted to make him like a centerpiece model. I mean, you just mm. look at his figure and be like, yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be the centerpiece of the faction. Yeah. Um. Who else is in the faction? Do we know? I bet Strange will have the other one. New Strange. You think the new Strange will be the other Midnight Suns? Yeah. And so it's probably gonna be him. Scarlet Witch will probably be in the affiliation, right? Probably. The movie. Yeah. And then there's the chick that Strange comes with. Uh, Clea. Like his girlfriend. Clea. Uh huh. Doc Voodoo. Are they Doc Voodoo and then Hood? Uh, no, Hood's bad guy. I don't think they'll be. Well, that doesn't mean he won't be in the affiliation. It's possible, but I doubt it. It'll be Moon Knight. It'll be Moon Knight, Blade. Well, right, Moon Knight comes with Blade. Yeah. Right. So it'll be Moon Knight, you said Blade. It. There's this. Hold on, we're up to thirty-three. I did. I, I didn't say Blade. You said it. Yeah, you said it comes with Blade. Oh, Jesus. Moon Knight. Who? Blazer? Can I call him that? Blazer? Taser? <laughs> Laser? These <laughs> kind of azers. Blaze, laser, blazer. Okay. Um. So Moon Knight. Um, Dampier. Oh, that's what Dampier. Dampier. Uh, Moon Knight, Dampier, uh, Doc Strange, Clea, Doc Voodoo, and Scarlet Witch. I think is you're you're right. I think it'll be Scarlet Witch. Um, who do you, so you think it's going to be who for the leaderships? I think the leaderships for Midnight Suns will be. I did not think it was going to be Blade, but it is now. Blade. Oh, he said it again. Ah, oh, I did it again. <laughs> I'm just cranking him up tonight. Okay. I think it'll be. You set me up there, didn't you? I you did. Set, it was you the I thought it. I was like, entrapment. Entrapment on the blade. You did it. You did. Uh, it was uh, Dompier, and I think it'll be New Doc Strange because he's the one who <laughs> actually formed the Midnight Suns in the comics. I thought you were going to accidentally escape it because you started talking about something else and you immediately circled nope. back. Nope. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So that's uh, that's the panel to play that Parker just did for. The Dompier. Uh, <laughs> I felt like you were about to finish. I, myself, I really, so. really did. Um, All right. What's Mo- next? Moon Knight. Um, we have his card. He is a solid three pointer, like we thought he would be. He is three points, movement medium. Um, I think he's solid. Uh, five health on the front and back. He's got exactly the same on the front and back. He's uh, identical. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a typical flip card. Yeah. Um, Three physical, three energy, three mystic. His bow staff is a range two, only rolls four dice. It has a weird stagger of crit, wild, and hit. Um, but he can reroll any number of attack dice always. Really interesting basic attack. Range two. Well, yeah, it's four, four dice. dice. I know, but range two, four dice, always reroll. Do we? I don't so know if we have another. The big part is like if that. we talk. I, I, we've talked about this on. The, he was in panel to play last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his roll a die multiple personality thing. If he gets, I believe it's a hit or a wild. He gets well, two extra dice on his attacks. Ah, uh, yeah. If it's a hit so, or a wild, yes. Yeah. So potentially six dice with re rolls. So mm. he's going to be kind of finky. On a block, he gets a power. On a skull, he gets nothing. Mm-hmm. And then um, a block or a blank. A block or a blank. He gets yeah, power. Yeah, yeah. And then on the the critical, he gets to move first. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, it says he gets an additional action this turn that must be a move action. Doesn't say he has yeah, to. Yeah, so do he it can first. move after, and he has yeah. stealth. So moving after is not terrible. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be an efficient three pointer. I think. I don't think he'll be crazy. He'll be solid. You'll you'll definitely play him in all of the games you played Midnight Suns because he's a solid three point add in. I really li- like. Uh, Good. 
just like uh, I think Luke Cage is going to be a solid three point add in in pretty much any affiliation he's in. I also like um, um, I really like Moon Knight's throwing crescents actually because they're range four. Uh, have rapid fire and he has stealth so he can actually throwing crescent outside of stealth range um, which I think is super cool I think is I actually uh, he also gains one power for each of those unlike a lot of other uh, characters that yeah. their off attack doesn't gain him anything so the rapid fire being only um, on hits is not great but it'd mm-hmm. probably be a little strong if it wasn't if you could just right. do four attacks at potentially four is it does his plus two dice work on that too uh yeah Okay. Yes. All right. So yeah, potentially four six dice attacks would be a bit good, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, certainly better than Cable. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. This guy, he he has the potential. Multiple personalities is going to you know make him uh, go up, but yeah. just basically, I think he's he's pretty cool. He also has cho- chosen a Conchu, which is a, definitely a uh, uh, a niche ability, but it's it's good meta choice. Um, if he oh, is the a... defense against Mystic. Right. So he spends two power. If he's if he's being attacked by a Mystic attack, he adds two dice to his defense roll, and then he cannot be advanced, pushed, or placed. There are lots of Mystic attacks that do that. So just takes up your. I like that it is reactive, so you don't have to like turn it on before to like hedge your bets. Yeah. Like a lot of uh, abilities in the game right now that that stop you from being advanced, pushed, or placed. Um. So. Oh well, like it's pretty much just the tactics card, but yeah. Right. Uh, or like vision, right? Vision can do stuff, but he has to like guess which one. He it can is. respond to the attack, right? He could respond for power. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I which like is exactly what this guy's doing, right? Uh, I I like Moon Knight a lot actually. I think he's super super simple, yeah. very uh, efficient. I like it. It's it's he's gonna come down to the die rolls a lot. There'll be mm-hmm. uh, I think a handful of games that you will be really upset that you didn't get a decent roll at the right time because he's gonna feel like a very subpar three point character if you get unlucky. Because if you actually think about it, most games come down to there's probably three turns of important combat and you just don't get what you need. on the Like if you're already engaged with somebody and you're standing on a point, rolling a critical doesn't help you. And then, mm. you know, getting an extra power probably doesn't help you. So you're really just going for like a one in four chance of getting the good one, which is well, a plus two dice. I think if you only take it from multiple personalities, I think multiple personalities just icing because... Bow staff sure. is a basic. Bow staff is a basic attack. Like you want to talk about a character that's going to get like, uh, going to get value every turn. The fact that he rerolls his basic attack like by itself is already well, rerolls nice. But the, you only have four dice to generate crits, and so right. you're gonna have a smaller attack pool than most people will. And so rerolling doesn't help you against some people who you can't reroll your dice when targeting. And then also, you know, how many dice you're gonna to want to reroll out of four? Like if you hit a skull. If mm. you just hit a couple hits, like, like, yeah, rerolls are better generally on defense than offense because there's more failures on the die. Like, the more non-successes, I guess, technically failure is a, is a skull. But I agree, but we talk about, it's... like, three-point characters in the game that have basic attacks. How many yeah. of them have rerolls? I think it's Drax so... if they're bleeding. Is that right? I think there's... Basic I... attacks with rerolls? Um... A three-point character with a basic attack... With reroll, I think it's Drax. That rerolls all dice specifically. Yeah, I think it's some dice. I think it's just Drax if you're bleeding. I think that's the only character I can think of for three points that does that. Yeah, but most of them don't have a four dice attack. I think four dice versus five dice is slightly better to the rerolls, but if it doesn't have any other Mm -hmm. stuff, it does. That's not very helpful. Like I would much rather have like obviously an attack that had Pierce with five dice. 
or right. pretty much any ability with five dice is better than four dice with rerolls. Because if you're only trying, all the rerolls is doing is getting you more damage. And if you wanted more damage, you wouldn't be playing, like you'd be playing somebody that has like Pierce or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like Proxima Midnight has a better attack. There's no question about that. Because she's True. got a five dice attack with Pierce and she has a range three attack that places her mm-hmm. and she has a range four attack that rolls six dice and does a bunch of bullshit. But he has more flexibility, which is nice. Yeah. No, I think I think he's a good three pointer. I just think that if you don't get the good rolls a couple times a game, you're gonna run into the part where it's like he could have probably been better if he was somebody else. I see your point. Yeah. So he's not he's not broken, but he seems solid. Well, I, I think that I think releases should be solid, not broken. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I would much no, rather. I, agree. I think I think this so- is solid, not broken. I haven't seen anything here that seems like way outside the norm, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think they've really dialed in where characters kind of need to be. Because the only time we see anything really high or really low is when they're intentionally pushing something high or low. It's mm-hmm. like, well, we don't want to risk this thing being broken, so we're going to make sure we aim low. We don't want to risk this. We don't want this thing to be not good, so we want to make sure it's like this is a central piece model. Like Magneto was clearly, we're pushing to see how hard we can make this without breaking it. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's yeah. Moon Knight. That's, that's news. Cool. All right, so moving into smaller topics, we have hobby projects. Um, I recently got all my train back from John, who's been commissioned painting it. And uh, so now I'm sealing all of it, and I'm going to make sure it's all magnetized, so I'll have more train to bring up to the store. Ooh, I like that. Then uh, Parker has abandoned me for assembling models on Sundays because he's a jerk. I did it one time. I had a great – one time was a – it had to happen, but I'm going to be back next Sunday. If my appendix is right. not burst or something, we'll find out. Well, that's tomorrow. Like You have several days. That's You'll true. you fine. That's true. Yeah. I, I, should, probably, I, sh- I should be able go. to recover from that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, you need to get a hold of Dave. Dave's going to come over, too. Yeah, I will. It'll be great. Cool. I, uh, so also working on stuff. I haven't even finished my apartment building. I've been so busy. I've had no fucking free time. You were yeah. so you were so giddy with that apartment yeah. building that night. You were just look at this. It's a wall. Look at the things on so this cool. wall. <laughs> I, like, I was very excited. Once I decided I was going to build Patty's Pub, uh, I got uh-huh. very excited. Yeah, I went from like pleased to very excited. Uh-huh. So, yeah, now I got to go find somewhere to print off like decals for Patty's Pub and put them in the windows. It's gonna be great. You get your ice cold coolers in the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So what are you working on? Uh, still, I'm just still assembling everything. I think I'm I'm getting really close. I think my next assembly will be uh, Omega Red. After our conversation about uh, the next thing I'm excited to play in the game, I think I'm going to assemble Omega Red. Um, find out if he's worth a darn, um, and then probably Gene because I I have this weird feeling I'm going to play X Men at some point. I don't know if I ever actually will because uh, I don't know. But they seem bad. Yeah, I mean Storm seems good, but Storm without X Men is the best way to play it. Then, yeah, which is better. the best way to play X Men is play as few X Men as possible. Yes, the most X Men. How way. can I? How can I possibly get down to the number of X Men to exactly the minimum? If they ever print a two point X Men, everything is just going to go amazing because <laughs> they can do whatever yeah. they want. Uh, we see a two point Rogue Agent, and X Men will be complete. Yeah, Domino Storm and whoever the fuck costs two points. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? This. Anyway. Ooh, what if we're going about this the wrong way? What if you just need to be playing 15 points with Thanos, Storm, yeah. and Domino? Yeah. You could do um, – I was going to say, I hope the, I hope the two-point uh, uh, two uh, free agent is like – I really want it to be like Jarvis, the butler. I really want it to be 
something. I, I, I was trying to think earlier the other day of who I wanted to be a, a 2.3 agent. I think it's got to be somebody like Herbie from the Fantastic Four. It's got to be somebody really, really like a side character. It's got to be a butler, right? It's got to be something. I could see like Agent Coulson being like a one point add on. There you go. Ah, Agent Coulson. I think Coulson. I was also trying to think of somebody who actually does like flip flop back and forth. Like they did a pretty good job so far of picking mercenary, actual mercenary type characters to be the free agents uh, who've actually been on both sides. I was trying to think of somebody who'd actually fit that bill who wouldn't be a four point character. That's the other I mean, problem. Oh, yeah. I could see them doing like a rogue agent Loki at some point now. That's I think true. That could be cool. They definitely but, could yeah, do that. He'd be at least four points. Yeah. That's the problem. All the cool ones are like centerpiece antiheroes, right? Yeah, it's almost like they don't want you to have like a bunch of really good rogue agents that work for every faction for two points. It's probably, weird. Probably not a thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I want there to be like a nemesis in this game. And nemesis is a reference to City Heroes, the video game. But there was this like super like world dom. It was basically like Red Skull or Modoc, but he was just like this complete doofus. And so he always had his hands in everything in an attempt that any of the plans would work. And so he'd always like show up like, ah, my, my genius plan is spoiled again. He's like a Scooby-Doo villain. And then he's like run off. It was really fun. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you should assemble next, but uh, you should hurry up, and get everything put together. Oh, uh, did you hear uh, there was a, another delay? Delay in what? I guess we should have covered this in news. Uh, the stuff was delayed. The Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. You're not. You're, you're well, messing with me. You're messing actually, with me. Actually, mm. I am not messing with you. This you're, 100% happened. You're messing but... with me. My Spider-Man is not late. He's coming. Well, it's not supposed to be here till, till, till Friday. But uh, I did find out that it has been delayed. But there is some good news, a silver lining in this, because there was the three things that were supposed to come out, and only two of them got delayed. I think was... you're BSing. I'm not. I'm 100 percent serious. This actually happened. I swear. Uh, so it's Black Cat and Spider Man, uh, Mysterio and Carnage, and then Craven and Lizard. And so those were the three box sets supposed to come out this Friday, which is uh, the 23rd. Mm-hmm. But two of them got delayed. Parker, would you like to guess which one did not get delayed? Um, Lizard, Craven. We have a winner, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Lizard and Craven will be here. And I wanted to point out to everybody that this is not fearful symmetry because they're not coming out at the same time. <laughs> and it's, it's been it's, delayed in, it, in evenly amongst these releases, and it's very annoying. So, w- w- the no word of why, just a production thing or a shipping thing? Uh, I mean, they were delayed, which is why they were supposed to come out on Friday, yeah. but they apparently have been delayed again. Cheesy Pete's. I'm delayed. I'm released. I'm delayed again. Did they, uh, but they didn't say when. Just not like a month. Is is it a month? Uh, they no. If we had a release date, it wouldn't be delayed. It would be pushed back. Ah, Jesus, it's indefinite. Bah! I'm not gonna lie. I was really looking forward. Well, actually, this is maybe a blessing disguise for me because I need to learn how to play one thing in this game. <laughs> and as soon as Spider-Man came out, I was not going to do anything except play the Amazing Spider-Man, either in Defenders or in, um, or in in Spider um, in what's the name of the faction? Spider People. <laughs> Web Warriors. Web Jesus Warriors. Christ. All right, moving on. Um, so that was Hobby Projects. Uh, currently playing. Uh, I've still been playing my draft league list, which is Black Order and Cabal, but uh, all these losers keep not playing their draft lists. I played one game against you with my draft list. I enjoyed it. That's true. And I played, and I, I will say that the only game I played that deviated from the draft list, I still played all the models in my draft list, just changed out the like the nonsense ones that didn't make any sense. 
And what's funny is I don't even know if I played any of the. I don't, know I don't I believe even... you did. I think you played everyone that you drafted, which yeah. made it even dumber that you deviated from your draft list to play the draft list. I didn't even change. Yeah, I didn't change a tactics card. Like so, it's pretty much the same thing. I just uh, I wanted to I wanted to look at. I'm excited to play criminals. That's what I drafted. And when uh, Jeremy said, you know, he didn't really want to do a draft uh, a league game, draft league, that I said, okay, cool. Let me tweak this to see if I can make better options. What would I do with criminals if I had better options? As it turns out, I went with the options that I drafted, which is probably means I have an okay draft. But I enjoyed it. I really, I really like playing uh, criminals. By the way. Yep, criminals look pretty good. I liked it because they were a. Uh, I love scenario play in. Um, War Machine. I really enjoyed scenario playing War Machine uh, because that's not the way most people played War Machine. Even though the game was definitely like you could definitely win the game one scenario. That's not the way most people played. There was very very focused on tradition. So much going on in War Machine that you had to get so many reps before things became like muscle memory. Uh And so like and like knowing how far you could push things. Right. Like knowing it's like I'm just gonna run and stand here. Your turn, and they're like, "But I'll attack you." It's like I am aware of that. Yeah, and like, like the concept of jamming, which yeah. is you would run your models past the point and create a barrier of your own bodies. Yep, to hold them off, and uh-huh. you would literally just run to the edge of the zone, stand on the edge of it, and they would have to kill you to get in. Right. But it, it didn't work the way you would assume because they would have to move up and then kill you. And so then their guys would be blocking their way. Mm-hmm. And so you had to like kill them really efficiently to yes. leave holes for yourself to get in. It's just these really odd situations. Right. And like measuring out, like knowing how far your models could move. Because there's an ability in the game where like one of your big robots could do a trample. Which allowed them to move through people. And so you would measure out how far they could get with their trample you would put a a dead spot guy there and you would just basically be like all right i'm gonna put something here that you can't trample and then backfill it with other stuff and so you can't like get through me it was really interesting and that that kind of play was um was a lot of fun it was very entertaining for me and you could go like you could go ham on that, right? Like you could go yeah. straight in on that, and you could build a whole list to just do that. And so I think that's what like criminals feels like to me is they feel like the ham version of scenario war machine, which is I'm gonna pull I'm gonna play models that on purpose the only thing they're gonna do is stick around longer than you. They can put a dent in you if they want to, but really they're just they're just there to win on scenario and to make it very difficult for you to do anything else. Um, the one the game I played against Jeremy that went very well for me went well because he picked a really horrible scenario. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he picked I don't what what's the name of it? It's the one where you have to you roll dice and if you have the majority of points like then you are awarded. Oh, uh, it was um, deadly meteors mutate civilians. That's it. Yeah, he he picked that one thinking that would be a good idea, and then he just botched two rolls, and I made one roll, and that was it. Like the game was over. Yeah. Uh, you and got so, your insurmountable lead, which was like three points. Right. <laughs> With criminals, that's enough. Yep. Uh, also, Deadpool. Uh, we, I, I loved the idea of Deadpool and criminals. He was amazing. A superstar. He hung out with Modoc and Doctor Strange in the middle of the board to, to just hold the center point basically the entire game. He got he got knocked to his backside, you know, flippantly, right? Just like a errant backhand. Mm-hmm. But he just stayed there being an asshole. <laughs> And he ended up doing a lot. He, he got a couple spike rolls too, but he just stood there, really difficult to take down. He was, um, he was awesome, a superstar because they had to deal with him because he kind of just two the whole game. It was oh, and they couldn't move him as easily as they wanted to. 
Strange was the only person who could move him. Uh, Modok couldn't move him around. So yeah, that was it. Was it was a lot of fun. Deadpool was super super duper strong. Criminals. If you have not yet put Deadpool in Criminals, do so. That's what I learned. Um, yeah. Basically, every Criminals list for mine now starts with Kingpin, Deadpool, other stuff. But yeah. Cool. Alrighty, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna enter our main topic today, which is um, basically we're gonna talk about dual or single faction lists and uh, basically what Parker thinks about them. So Parker, <laughs> Parker, why don't you lead us into this one? Okay, you were really passionate in the pre-ramble. Okay, well, it, we have talked a lot in this podcast and in, and in person about you bring two lists to the table. Do you ever actually play the second list, right? Quote unquote. You usually bring one list that's your primary focus, and there's like a secondary option. And I think the best, the best, most tactical, you know, uh, flexible version of the game makes logical sense. Would be where both of your lists are definitely designed to do different things or cover each other's weaknesses or both. That'd be great, right? It'd be really good list construction. But what I have seen in this game so far, based upon what you guys have talked about and like playing currently. Uh, what, what you were talking about, your opponents, what I've seen when I go to game stores, when I build myself, is that doesn't just that doesn't seem to happen very much in MCP. In a game that is designed to be multiple factions and constantly allow you to do multiple factions, some factions even seem to allow you to do that better, like Criminals and Cabal, for example, where they, they have a lot of overlap. Um, you just don't, you, you don't do it. You actually don't uh, just switch over. You almost always play the one faction you came to play and your entire list construction and your strategy, your tactics are all designed around that. I just haven't seen anybody make use of the dual faction option. I haven't seen it happen in front of me and I haven't heard about it either unless you can enlighten me and tell me in times when you've purposely designed it and you used it. I just haven't I seen that happen in this game. I would love to. Yeah. Alright. Uh, I will admit that most of the time when I do play a dual faction list, I do usually end up playing one or the other one over the other i mean um but that's kind of the point going in like usually when you build a dual faction list you have a preference right that's pretty much always true uh and i'm going to use the example of something that we all know about which was the the list we built on the podcast which was web warriors and wakandans mm -hmm. it was the www list right yeah and so uh, I it was um, primarily web warriors was the intent, but there was a lot of times playing against Jeremy that I ended up uh, doing Wakandans because it worked better at the specific point total, and it would uh, work better against what Jeremy was playing at the time. Because if they ever bring um, like someone who is really hard to push, like a, a Modok, for example, he's, he's just too big for a lot of the web warrior effects to push him. Mm. Uh, so I, I would have to find an answer for that. And so I would play Wakandans in those games. And I, I felt that they were a really good <clears throat> synergy to play with each other. No, that I, I feel like that, I hear that. But can't you just drop Black Panther or Shuri or both to deal with the Modok? Or do you feel like you actually needed to switch to the entire other faction so that you could get both on the board? Uh, at the point totals we were running at, that, that wasn't a, a very good option. Because okay. if you drop too many of the Web Warriors, it kind of falls apart. It's not like X-Men where you're incentivized to not play the models. Mm -hmm. because they suck just for clarity it's because they suck it's interesting so what i <laughs> what i imagine then is it's kind of it almost sounds like you're you're saying that dual factioning may be just faction specific and i haven't seen people play a lot of the factions that like dual factioning for example yeah. like x-men may be a good example of a uh, of a single faction kind of list construction because you're bringing the three x-men the three you know the cheapest ones beast 
Domino, Storm, and then everything else that you're putting in your list is just the, the modules that go into that, because Storm's leadership is so strong and the other two models are, are effective enough that you're just going to create these different modules to make your X-Men team really good on the table doing the thing you want to do. Is, like, am I, I right know, that maybe that maybe that's a good idea? Would you? I know that's something that, that Jeremy had done is he played basically um, X Men with like Magneto and a couple other really big models, but it was possible for the list to shift into Brotherhood because Magneto was already in the list, and mm-hmm. Mag- it's so easy to build a Brotherhood list once you have Magneto in. Um, he's, he's half the list usually, right? Or nearly half. Sure, the list. yeah, he's he's you know a good chunk of the list, and it's very easy to find one other Brotherhood character because you can play three character Brotherhood really easily because mm-hmm. you just you know ten points of your list is you know Sabretooth and Magneto, which is solid, and then you just bring in one other big character. You're like, oh look, I found a fifteen point Gamma Wave list. It's Magneto, Modok, and Sabretooth. What would you like to do? And you're like, shit, <laughs> like I do not want to play this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's as much uh, on your side, especially for stuff like that. Like, obviously, you're building multiple options there, and that's more scenario-dependent on, on, like, the multiple options there. But I think a lot of it is supposed to be matchup-dependent. I think a lot of people in our meta, because there's it's basically myself and Jeremy play most of the games, mm-hmm. but we play a lot of other people other than just each other. But so most of their, those games is we've played, you know, 200 games versus somebody who's played 10 and so we know the matchups and they don't, which is a lot of the time, if you're seeing people not like go to their second option, I think it's probably because they don't have the reps to know what's a good matchup and what's not. But, but I think if you are doing a dual faction list and you don't know what's supposed to tip you one way or the other, I think about half the time it's going to be the scenario and the other half the time it's going to be what your opponent brought. Well, let me give you a good example then, or maybe you could tell me if this is a good example of like when dual factioning doesn't work I felt like this was and I don't, I don't even talk about this doesn't I was list, uh, I was list building for criminals and mm-hmm. I really like the idea of Sabretooth in criminals I, I just like it even though he's not a criminal and Deadpool sure. uh, for the reasons we already talked about earlier in the cast so but since Deadpool and Sabretooth are already in the list I put the criminals in there I was like well if I put I, I had like two slots left over when I was list building I was like if I put Cable in here I could play X-Force and I looked at it for a second. And I go, when would I ever play X Force? Well, an example for that is I think that's just not a good pairing. And the reason I would say that is because in criminals, you're pretty much heavily devoting yourself to winning on scenario. So a lot of your tactics cards gonna be devoted to winning on scenario. Your a lot of your characters gonna be centered around you know like breaking up and staying on points and fighting for those points. And I don't think X Force does that. X Force is supposed to be more of an assassination style list where they kind of take you apart over the course of three turns. It's like, well, I'm just going to find someone, like whatever your problem model is, and find a way to get him dead. Then I'm going to move on to the next guy. And that's just not what criminals do. And it might be possible to get everything you want in those two, but I think you'll have to make enough sacrifices in your list that either one of your options is going to be so weak that you'll never play it, or both of your options will be noticeably dragged down by the weight of the other. That that is exactly that's exactly the conclusion I came to, which is well, like, I think this that's is, this that's is a, a problem with those two pairings. Yeah, like you wouldn't want to pair Avengers and Cabal together, right? Like that just doesn't make sense because each of them eat up so many slots that you wouldn't yeah. have anything left. But I, there's I, no there's no overlap. But I was giving you an example of something that I was trying to do that I found overlap, right? Like I, as I was well, building, is two character slots overlap? 
and those two characters aren't even affiliated with the other faction. They're exactly. just drop-ins. Exactly. So there's they're, they're really no strong overlap. Dro- well, there's really strong drop-ins that I was. I, I mean, I was. I attack. I had like uh, um, uh, extreme healing in there. Like I, I had. Mm-hmm. I was planning on playing Deadpool or Sabretooth. Well, almost always Deadpool, uh, and usually Sabretooth. And if I could, both almost sure. all the time. So I looked at that, going, well, if I'm going to to functionally play Deadpool and Sabretooth and then some other things around them, then I then I wondered, okay, could, since they're both in the same faction, could bringing the leader in, could dropping the leader in here do any harm? And the the and the answer, I, could, I couldn't come up with a good answer, why not, uh, if it did any harm? Other than that, I would never play Cable. It was just a dead spot. Mm. Sure. Well, specifically when it comes to X-Force, they're, they're kind of the opposite of X-Men. You want to play their characters, but I don't know that anyone wants to play their affiliation. Exactly, I'm, I hear you. So, yeah. so, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so you've got two random mercenary drop-ins that have no affiliation to criminals. Mm-hmm. Sure, are these are luxury models? You're only taking them because you have extra space. Yes, you need to. And you need so, to find a way to take. But then the logic yeah. train you're trying to form here is: let's add in three more characters that I just need to find space for, and that don't actually synergize with criminals at all. They're just following the two okay mercenaries i had and then i also need to find space for cards for them mm-hmm. and different missions because my criminal missions are not what my x-force is going to be right to do. so i'm saying that there's almost no synergy between these factions which is why it wasn't working the, not because x-force is worse than criminals no no i, I wasn't making yeah. that argument i guess this right. is my the original thing that i, I would make the, that argument yeah the, the original the original thing i started with was this game gives you the option to do it, right? Like, I made... You could put a 10-character roster together that could play Criminals and X-Force. It, it can be done. And you can play both in a non-terrible way. However, it's not optimal. Like, we can both agree, yeah. not optimal. So, if that's true, is dual factioning actually a very small, very niche part of this game where you actually don't usually intend... You don't usually actually dual faction because... It, it usually creates anti-synergies or a lack of resources because they only made eight tactic slots, right? You only get to bring six scenarios. You just, you can't, it's, it is difficult to make a dual faction list that's actually going to utilize everything. It's, we've talked about it before, how Wakandans and Avengers, you know, uh, you know the Avengers are changing a little bit now with Sam Wilson, but pre-Sam Wilson, Wakandans and Avengers were usually a good second faction because they usually only took up one tactic slot. So that you're not taxing uh, uh, your your list that way when you're constructing. I guess what I'm saying is, I the more I learn about this game, the more I think that I may not ever play dual faction. It just may never happen for me. I may I, only I play single faction. I don't think that's my conclusion. I think that it's specifically the the thing that you recently tried to do did not work for separate reasons than just the game itself. I think dual faction is fine, and I found a lot of rewarding matchups with dual faction rosters. Now, I think as the game continues, that's become slightly less common over time. Just because of the tactics card and model bloat, you're going to be less incentivized to find a second option because you're, whichever faction we're talking about is going to have so many options mm-hmm. that's just going to be flexible enough to do both. That, yeah. and, and so I think that's the only reason the dual factions are going to start going away, not because they're not optimal i think and i i don't think that slamming any two things together just because they share a couple characters that you want to play with is necessarily a good thing there's a lot more that goes into it like you, you need actual character synergies you need actual you know like tactics card duplication you need you need stuff like that you also need to find 
two factions that are not greedy on slots like web warriors and wakandans both have a very small roster they both have um similar tactics they're both like a fight when we want to scenario when we want to style faction they're both kind of skirmisher based Mm-hmm. And so they want to move around and then pick their spots. The both of them play very similarly, but also you don't have like you don't need to run storm if you're you can, but you don't need to. And there's only like the four or five web warriors really, so like mm-hmm. you can just easily marry the two lists together. I, um, I think your point of slowly the game may be more it may be more and more difficult to make a, a an argument for your list becoming a dual faction as the game begins to expand. A good example is we were talking uh, last week about a Cabal list that I'm excited to try uh, very soon, which is not so much, it's not dual faction, but it's definitely dual style because they have Sin and they have Red Skull now. And since Red Skull really well, he, he runs you know a Tower of Power list very well with just like Modoc, Red Skull, Magneto. Like those three are great. And so he, you can run that, and that gives you seven slots left over to make your cool mob list run to run, you know, run sin, right? Where you're running a lot of models that are resilient to damage and constantly coming back at your face and making, you know, disrupting your scenario plans and also winning. Um, that you don't even have to leave the faction. You can play two completely different styles of play, and your um, uh, Dark Reign it's going to work for both, right? You're going to be able to do a, a, a thousand small cuts of Dark Rain if you're playing Sin, or just big monster hits from MODOK if you're if you're playing uh, Red Skull. Um, I think that's going to keep happening more and more. I th- And I wonder, again, I'll say it one more time, was this game, like, is this game a dual faction game? Is this, is this game about making dual factions? Is that, like, a goal you should have when you're, when you're like, getting ready to play this game? I don't know if it if it is because they even seem to be moving away from it. When it was already kind of difficult, now they're moving even further away from it. Well, I think once competitive play kind of starts shaking itself out, I think dual faction is going to be really popular because there's going to be the... the Once the meta kind of resolves itself, there's going to be what most people think is like the best two factions, and then there's going to be the faction that's good against them. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of going to be the like the triangle of power. And so you're going to want to have the ability to counter as many of them as possible. And so I think I think basically we'll get to the point where factions are somewhat solved. And it's like, all right, well, if you're playing Avengers, this is the best Avengers list. This is the best Cabal list. This is the best Wakanda list. And so it's like, all right, well, now that we know what the best things are, we can condense it down to as small of a package as possible because we know what we need. Like, like if you play Brotherhood, well, I don't need Whims of Chaos. I don't need Can I Borrow That. I don't need Difficult to Please. Mm-hmm. I need Magnetic Refraction. And I need No More Mutants. And so I, it's now a two-card restriction to play Brotherhood, not five. Mm-hmm. And so you can, you can get those numbers down once you've played enough games against the field to know what's necessary and what's a luxury. And so once you've condensed those factions, I think it'll be a lot a lot more popular to take another condensed fa- faction and kind of mash them together. I I want to say that 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 again it I would agree if this game slowed down to a, a release every 4 to 6 months, I think we would see that. But I don't know if there's ever going to be a meta you can rely upon in this game because the game expands um I mean they add a new faction uh, even even though they don't add a new faction, I was gonna say they add a new faction about every four to six months, but since they add new characters every month, and some of them are very impactful, 
I don't know if there's ooh, that'd be hard to tell if there's a release where there's nothing impactful happened in it. Um, but since there's constant shift, since the game is so extre- extremely dynamic, and you're all and characters are, players are usually just trying to put their feet underneath them. That makes it again hard to make the, a meta decision. Like I'm going to build a list that does that, this. That, you know, the, I I can see the rock paper scissors in list building, and I'm going to make a dual faction list that takes the best advantage of that rock paper scissors observation. Um, I don't. How do you make that when the game moves so fast? Uh, this is not. By the way, the I'm not bashing. I'm not bashing the game. I know. I'm just but, saying the game doesn't move that fast. I think that's a perspective thing. And that's because everyone's just playing casual pickup games and people aren't playing like, well, I'm going to actually try and win now. What's my best list? Mm -hmm. What's the list I'm best at playing? What's my favorite faction that I've gotten the most games with? And because people are just constantly in a state of let's play the new stuff. They're not going to the game store like, well, I need to crush people. I need to win. I want to get first place. They're going to the game store like, oh, look at these cool new models I bought. I want to get them on the table, Mm -hmm. which is a fine mindset to have. And I don't think that will go away. But I'm talking about like competitive play where it's like, okay, when we're talking about like, what is the meta? Well, we're talking about the proven stuff. And so if you're going to take a new faction to a tournament and try and win a tournament with the new stuff, you're kind of, it's just crapshoot because Mm -hmm. you have no experience with them. You don't know how they play against the field, but your opponent doesn't know either. And so you're kind of just taking the coin flip, except he's got 20, 30, 100 games with his list and you've played three. Right. It's like, well... Even if your models are supposed to beat his, he's probably still going to win just because mm-hmm. he's not going to mess up. Yep. And so that's what I'm talking about. That's where I think dual faction list is going to be, where it's really going to have its root and its its power base. I don't think if you're just going to the store to play the new models, then yeah, obviously you should not play dual affiliation because mm. you already know what you're doing. Like you're trying to play new stuff. If you're trying to play new stuff, just jam as much in there as you can and see what hit what sticks. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and we, this goes back, you know, to, in my experience, what I've seen, and since what I, you're describing very well, what I've seen, that's one of the reasons why I haven't seen dual factioning be a thing, is because because a lot of the people I'm playing against, the people we're talking about, usually they're not playing their fifth game with a with a list, they're playing their first game with the new models. So I see your point. And man, I really want to do that. I really, really want to play a game with the new models, like because because I buy them all. <laughs> I really want to do it. Well, that's fine. Like like it's fine to be excited about new stuff. You should be yeah. excited about new stuff, and you should want to play them. Mm-hmm. But that one day a month, there's a tournament. Like, are you going to take the models that came out the day before, or are you going to take your list that you like you know how to win with? I think that I think also now, obviously for right. you that's a trap because you don't know how to win with any list. But I'm talking <laughs> about like somebody who plays the game. I'm actually uh, I was actually going to say is specifically about me that actually is interesting because some people I love tournament games I love tournaments but the reason I love tournaments is I get three games in or four games in or maybe five games in in, in a day in yeah. a day uh, because I, I can't devote myself to playing I can't play four games a week like I used to and I used to love to do that um, you know I, I that doesn't happen and so I love it when I can play a tournament because it means I'm going to get games in and so I used to look at tournaments like my ability to exercise what I had already learned. Now I look at tournaments as a cram session, as a let me get as much let me get as much of a frequency with this list as I can just to see what the hell it does. Um, I, I learn more in tournaments now than I ever used to, but that's just kind of the the change in my lifestyle, the change of what goes on outside of the game. So, which again means I'm probably not dual factioning. I'm probably just playing one thing, trying to get it, even at the tournament. But maybe I I feel like that's one of the things. As more I think about this, 
the more I realize that as much as I want to dual faction, it might be something I do after I play each faction, you know, five games of each faction, and then then I start to look at dual factioning. That probably is going to be how it yeah. works. I, I think that's a good conclusion. Is is you don't you shouldn't be trying to do the dual faction until you know what you're doing with both factions. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be experimenting as a dual affiliation. You yeah. should be doing that like to polish it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, are we done with this topic? Are you ready to move on? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I am satisfied, and I like the conclusion. All right. Uh, we're going to move into our next topic today, which is going to be game etiquette. Uh, what is okay and not okay to say to your opponent at the game store? Um, we're bringing this up because uh, not to not to name names, but someone on this podcast, not myself, is uh, was caught uh, talking trash to a local uh, customer. Why are you perpetuating uh, this rumor? I do not understand. I, you well, made up I'm the just rumor. Reading, I'm just reading what was posted in the chat, Parker. That's all I'm doing. I'm just what are you what talking about? And what's posted in the chat here is hi you. I believe it here. It says John. <laughs> can't hang with my stuff i'm the best there is and i can't believe he thinks he's on the same level as me i'm on a podcast that's what is written here where are you what are you looking at i have no idea the text maybe you shouldn't say these things if you don't if you don't want them to be read online screenshot or didn't happen i don't i don't know what you're talking about parker as i said i don't want to betray confidences i don't want to name names so i can't i can't release this to the public by the way i want (laughs) I loved it when I read that. By the way, earlier today, when John John was John messaged everybody in our in our league to say, you know, uh, apparently Parker's been talking smack about me, and and I the first thing I thought was that is that's hilarious. The number of I can't ever imagine I can't remember a time when I talked smack about another miniatures oh. game player. Oh, I've I, had I can tell, tell you, and immediately you be like, oh shit, I did do that. I I have I have commented about some people's mediocrity, but only no, because. A, how about this? I'm gonna send you a message. Okay. And I can't uh, remember go ahead and read time. that message, and you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, I did yes. say bad things." I was about thinking, that guy. I, I, well, well, no, 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 I didn't say bad things about him, like behind his back. <laughs> no, I know, I'm just kidding. I, I was mostly, I'm mostly okay. Thank you. You're mostly agreeing on what other people said about him. Yeah, because because the the guy the guy struggles, and that that's what yeah. I agree with. The guy struggles, and. Yeah. And to me, it's never been something that uh, he's never once offended me or made you know made me feel bad for playing him or anything. It's just that he struggles with the game. Um, so, um, the where was I? Oh, so because I I take this high road always. I I loved it I, as soon as I saw it. Like this is awesome. Well, I, I can tell I you, I was great. actually there when this happened, and someone at the store explained to him that you had been talking trash behind his back, <laughs> and he was immediately like. Well, I'd like to see him to be here to back up all this trash talk. I said, I agree. I also wish he was here to back up. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the person in your story, in your narrative, is actually you. I feel like that. What? Like... <laughs> Parker, we just agreed earlier we wouldn't name names. That's like, right. This is, he this is uncalled name. shot taking here. <laughs> this is why you get called out for, for yeah, shit talking people. I don't, I don't know why. Look at this slander you just laid at I'm my always... feet here. I'm always just going straight to the wall on people. That's yeah, what it I is. Know. Yeah, like I know. Like you just know. called me out online for something you have no proof I did. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're gonna move on to our next topic, which is gonna be good. Okay. Uh, so uh, today we uh, came up with what we think is the uh, well, the name of the topic I guess kind of explains itself. Alter egos. Dot. 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 
who is the baddest and the best. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, explain to you uh, what we think are the three best and worst alter egos in the game and then explain our reasoning. Yep. All right. So uh, I guess I'll go first. You go ahead. Uh, all right, we, so we start this with is probably we, going to be a popular choice today. All right, go ahead, Parker. Are, are we going like back and forth? Is it like one each? Yes, we'll do our normal back and forth. Okay, so you're going to go, – what are you starting with, good or bad? I'm starting with the bads. Okay. Uh, and so I think You'll... the first one's going to get duplicated. I think we both picked this one for obvious reasons. Uh, it is just simply the laziest bullshit I've ever <laughs> seen. Uh, okay. Blackagar Boltagon. Uh, making something Pig Latin doesn't change the name. <laughs> and the fact that his name, his given name was Blackagar Boltagon, mm -hmm. and then he chose his name was Black Bolt. That's like saying Spidegar Manadude is his <laughs> given name. <laughs> and he decided to fight as Spider-Man. Like, no shit, really? Uh, he also changed his fucking name at the age of six. Spidegar like, like no Manadude? <laughs> no one would ever allow oh. this to happen. Like, like in what mm. like official administrative office did you go? It's like, yeah, I'm naming my child Blackagar Boltagon, and they <clears> don't <throat> call social services. Like, there's okay. no world. I actually, I actually have, uh, so, so a lot of people might immediately go, but you know, he's an inhuman, right? He's completely removed from culture. He wasn't an inhuman until after he was born. No, they're all inhumans. They're all inhumans. They have they're the ability, humans, but they haven't gone through Terra Genesis. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, they're, but they're in a completely different society, so a totally different naming, normal culture, and all that. That makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. However, however, there is a precedent in the Marvel universe and in this game for weird names that that become your superhero name, a la Thanos, Medusa. Not well, Medusa, sorry. Thanos, <laughs> not Medusa. Uh, Thanos, Thanos Gamora. Thanos is just his name. He's yeah. an alien named yeah. Thanos. Gamora. Black yeah. Dwarf. Groot. No, no. Yeah, like, but, the, but what that's I'm saying not is, the same thing. Again, no, they're not named Manadude, and then yes, they went by Man. Like, it doesn't I, I'm make sense. I'm agreeing with you. It's okay. dumb. It's dumb that even in their culture, where they name people ridiculous names, yeah. th that for some reason they would take Blackagar Boltagon and shorten it to Black Bolt is just stupid. By the yeah. way, he has a sister-in-law, Crystal... Her name is Crystal Amaquellen, is her full name, and they just call her Crystal. Yeah, her name is Crystal, and her hero name is Crystal. Right. Yeah, now, Medusalith is also pretty dumb. That's also super Medusa. dumb, yeah. and I don't understand. I don't understand how inhuman naming nomenclature, like, even when you go to the ones that aren't, like, in this game, but they exist in the comic books, they're all just their names. Like, uh, Parker, just real quick, did you choose Blackagar on your list? He's on my list, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully change mine then to Medusa, because oh, okay. what the fuck is her name? Medusalith Amaquellen Boltagon yeah. is definitely worse. The fact the fact that Inhumans I, since you picked Blackagar, I was gonna do that for mine, but uh, we can both say our bads are the two the ruling yeah ruling whichever one of... you're choosing, I'm choosing the other one because yeah. dear God, they both need uh, to be on a list. I my, the reason why I put them immediately on there, I go, why did she hyphenate her name? Yeah. <laughs> why is that why is that like acceptable in their society and her name was Medusalith and so they call and her Medusa? conveniently she oh. got when she went through Terra Genesis she got hair abilities oh. like oh my god like come on also Black Bolt did not get black abilities 
or bolt yeah. abilities. No, that's what I was actually saying. Bolt, at least Black Bolt, isn't actually have any relevance to his powers. No, it's just conveniently his pig Latin name. Right. Uh, also, <laughs> yeah. Stupid, like, like that's like saying like my name is David. I go by the hero Dave. I'm like, well, I kind of get that, but that's still <laughs> stupid. But then yeah. like Medusalith. Oh, conveniently she has hair manipulation powers. Like, uh-huh. fuck off. Like, like this yeah. is beyond stupid. It was right. really, 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 really dumb. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, so I assume your first one is Black Agar Boltagon then. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, let's right. let's say our, our our two first bads are the Inhuman Royal Family, the yeah. King and Queen, the worst names. Obviously, somebody what it, what it reeks of is obviously whoever came up with them came up with a character concept first, and then mm-hmm. after like yeah, exactly. a year after it's, a year it's this of writing lazy bo- bullshit DC yeah. writing where there's right. like I just want to make someone who throws batarangs. You're like, what did you make, Batman? Like, yeah. oh my god, the fact like, the it's fact so stupid. It, it, they obviously made the characters, and then they were running for years, and somebody went, shouldn't they have like real names? And they go, okay, <laughs> oh black black guard Boltagon. Talk about fucking phoning it in. Yeah. Dude, that's like on a fucking uh, fax machine right there. They, they definitely did not pass that through any sort of quality control. Whenever they made a decision, that was one old man in a room fucking going, Black and Garbold God. Stanley <laughs> is rolling over in his grave right uh, now. I was yeah. like, what the fuck did you name I, them? I, I don't think he had anything to do with that, but now I now I want to find out. Uh, I have to I have to know. <laughs> All right, well, I'll go ahead and do mine while you're doing that. Okay. Uh, so my second bad name is uh, Benjamin Poindexter. And mm-hmm. I actually don't hate the name overall, but it kind of had to be between this and uh, the other just ridiculously dumb name. The problem with Benjamin Poindexter is that he's supposed to be like an elite fighting badass, and it just does not... It's okay to have a really dumb-sounding name if you're supposed to be like a villain or a foil or like a heel. But if mm. you're supposed to be like a... like strike fear into people your name can't be poindexter like that's not that's not okay i i really like your assessment of like benjamin poindexter sounds like it should be the name for uh, uh the accountant yeah yeah like, the, that the, the, shouldn't yeah. be hydra's like accountant or yeah. ain't or ames you know mailman yeah. it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's you know supposed to be a scientist supreme benjamin poindexter it's like yeah i can see that it's like sure it's like Elite military spec spec ops dude Benjamin Point like no yeah. he, I never he missed. would have been bullied super, into oblivion. I'm no a, su- way that I'm a super that murderer. Like yeah. everybody's terrified of me. Stone yeah. cold killer yeah. Poindexter. Like yeah. what? Uh, by the way, Inhumans were created by Stan Lee. I do not know who. I can't find out who gave him his name, but they were originally pinned by Stan Lee. So you said Stan Lee revolving in his grave. He actually might be just. Hanging out. Well, I, <laughs> could have been everything he envisioned. He's like the king of the silly names, but the silly names weren't that dumb, though. Well, like, could, like I said, Peter he... Parker, yo, yo, mm. Reed Richards, Susan yeah. Storm, you know, like I get that. Like everything has to rhyme. They love whatever. alliteration. They love alliteration. Right, and I can get like it's fine for heroes to have catchy, silly names, but it's not okay to do Black Agar Boltagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just not cool. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. What's your next bad one? Uh, my next bad one is actually uh, going along with this, just like super wise, so on the nose. It, Jonathan Blaze uh, for mm, Ghost Rider. Yeah. I really don't like that. I every t- every version of Ghost Rider has some really stupid hokey name. Uh, at least, at least when it comes to Ghost Rider, you have to remember that like his character is he was a stuntman, and the name Johnny Blaze. Blaze. <laughs> Is such a great stuntman name, though. Like at I, least, like it's on the nose, uh, as where the the other ones were all uh, stupid. 
It's like the I, problem with Bullseye's name is it's the reverse on the nose. You could right. have been farther away from what it was supposed to be. Uh, yeah. And then Johnny Blaze is just like, okay, let's take a step back, guys. Maybe we should not just like 9-11 this thing right yeah. here. I, I really don't like yeah, it. I, I think Jonathan Blaze, it, uh, also the fact that it's Jonathan also. It's somebody that, and not Johnny. I just, it, there's something about. Johnny so Blaze. So if it was on the card, Johnny Blaze would be okay. <clears throat> you know what it reminds Jonathan. You know what it reminds me of when I hear his name. It reminds me of that scene from the, we, we we I mentioned it earlier. Yes, the uh the scene from uh, uh Dodgeball, an underdog story. Blade, laser, yeah. blazer. He like it's. He, he said Blade. That's thirty five. <clears throat> uh, did, I, did he say? Okay. He said Blade. Sure. The point is it. it Jonathan Blaze sounds like American Gladiator name. It sounds super duper hokey, way over the top hokey. Well, but he might have legally changed his name to Johnny Blaze when he became a stuntman. Like Maybe. that's something I could see happening. His name could have been like Jonathan Engel or something. They, they can write. They can write it themselves out of it if they want. But I'm telling yeah. you that whenever I I was looking at the list of all the aliases in the game, and when I got to that one, I immediately went, <laughs> so yeah. I put him on the okay. list. I my, understand. My, my, I understand. Uh, so I'm going to the next one. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, Rocket Raccoon. Really? You put him on the worst? I put him on the worst for one specific reason. Okay. And part of it is I didn't want to duplicate some of the ones you were doing, and there's a lot of really dumb ones. Mm -hmm. But his given name is Subject 89P13, Uh not Rocket Raccoon. His alter ego should be the subject name. Yeah. Not Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon is his nickname slash hero name. Yeah. He, he is subject 89P13. Also, I don't like uh, – uh, there's another reason why he, he nearly made my bad list because um, uh, his last name is Raccoon, which is basically yeah. like a take like, of a Beatles song, I'm guessing, is where they got his last name, because he doesn't even know what a raccoon is. Like, in, in, in all the exactly. comics, he's always very mad and offended when people compare him to raccoons. Yeah, because his name he, is Rocket. Yeah, his name yeah, is Rocket. he goes by Rocket. He's, he's not he's, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, like, in, in, the only people to call him that are comic book readers. Right. Uh, or like people he meets from Earth, like you're a raccoon, yeah. but they don't call him Rocket Raccoon, and th- yeah. I'm guessing that's just an homage to the Beatles song. That's all it is. So I don't. I I, I was uh, I I also I agree that song that it's the only one of those his, their names are their uh, alias uh, their alias rather the alias are their superhero names. That's well, the only it's one like of them I don't all like. of the Guardians except for Peter. Yeah. Um. So. All right. So what's your last bad one? My last bad one is uh, Victor Shade. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's Vision's name. Uh, that's one of those that we've talked about before. Uh, like if you were, if, if you put that on a list of names to be called yeah. out over a loudspeaker or something, yeah. the, the first thing and goes so what, Victor if Shade. Called, so, if you call the store and you're like, yeah, I'm looking for Victor Shade. Can you page Victor Shade? He's like, no, this is a prank. This, yeah, you're, you're like, bullshit. You made this. No up. way they read out the name on the intercom. Is it's now a, in in the defense of this name, I think that a synthesoid android would pick this name trying to be cool. <laughs> right. I can see that happening. Uh, well, I thought it, it Much sounds like, like the Johnny Blaze. I can uh-huh. see this situation occurring, uh-huh. but you're not fooling anybody. Right. Also, by the way, Victor Shade, when he is Victor Shade, his alter ego, he is a noir detective, like a private detective. Yeah. Like, the if... It's really on the nose for his like. It's, uh, it's his so human over alias. the top. Uh-huh. Like, guys, calm down. Uh, so both of mine, obviously, the the royal family is the worst by far. But both of mine, Johnny Blaze and Victor Shade, are both just like mm. <laughs> you're just mm-hmm. you're drilling that hole for oil. And yeah. man, you I don't yeah. know why you're going so deep. 
But yeah. They're just fucking digging. <laughs> like, just... Maybe you should uh, stop. <laughs> like, nope. There's something down here. It's like, there's nothing down there. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on, uh, we're going into our first good ones. Uh, my first uh, good alter ego name is Cletus Cassidy. And I like Cletus Cassidy because when you, someone says, yeah, he's Cletus Cassidy, you're like, this guy is bad news. <laughs> like, there's no way whatever he's involved with is a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I love... Also, that name, that name, there's it's something such about a serial killer name. It's yes. so great. It's so good. I, there's something about that name. There are so many comic book fans or even like you say, like semi fans, people who know of it that know that name. You don't like, mm-hmm. like that name is so such a big deal in to anybody who's ever seen a Marvel comic. And it for some reason that sticks. If you ask somebody straight up before the MCU movies, what's Hawkeye's real name? They go, I don't know. And he's been around for a long yeah. time. But if you ask somebody straight up, what's Carnage's name? They go, Cletus Cassidy, because that shit's terrifying. <laughs> I don't know why. They did a perfect job capturing yeah. that, like, deliverance. Ding, 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 ding. Like, yeah. that, that, that that personality. And then you name. see him, it's like the wild eyes and the curly red hair. Yeah. Like, yep, that's Cletus. Like, yep. like, stay away from that guy. Yep, that All guy right. got beat as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Some real bad stuff happened. To yeah, past. he is traumatized. <laughs> yeah. do, do not give him anything dangerous. All right, yeah. what's your first good one? Uh, my first good one is actually I. This is one that I actually love, uh, even though I don't know why it doesn't drill too hard for me. It's Doctor Stephen Strange. I love. I love Stephen that Doc- Vincent Strange. Yeah, I, I love that his actual. He's actually a doctor, and he's actually he's, his name, last name is actually Strange. Um. Yeah. I love they they made fun of it in a beautiful uh, tongue in cheek way in the MCU where he goes, uh, "What's your what's your name?" Uh, Strange. He goes, "Oh, we're doing superhero." Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like, they did it twice because yeah. he did they, when he met. Um, what's the bad guy's name? Uh, shit, I just had it. Uh, 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 uh um, Mordo. No, not Mordo. Um, no, not Mordo. The, the actual bad guy. Casilius. Ca- is his name? Casilius. Yeah, yeah. Casilius. When he meets yeah. Casilius, he's like. He's like, your name, Mr. Uh, doctor, actually. Mr. Doctor. Oh, okay, whatever. It's like, no, it's strange. He's like, I guess. <laughs> just like plays it off like it's not that he's like, God damn it, I'm not going to explain this to this guy. He's just killed somebody. Right. Like, it's so, that was so good. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then, yeah, they do it again in uh, Infinity War right. with, uh, with what he Peter. Meets, yeah. He's like, Dr. Strange, like, oh, we're using made-up names. <laughs> like, like, that's, he just, he's so, he's like so beyond <clears throat> com- correcting people. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's pretty funny. I love and I uh also in the in the comics, I, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. In the comics, he you know he owns the like the title of Doctor, like he's he's a healer. He goes out to fix things, solve problems, yeah. even when he's doing his magic thing. I really like Doctor Stephen Strange and his Doctor. I I I think it's a really where the other where, where I feel like Jonathan Blaze and Victor Shade are way too deep. Stephen Strange is, is elegant. It's, it's well, yeah, because like they're it. they're over the top is very cheap and flashy, and mm-hmm. it's like where Stephen Vincent Strange like no part of that is like unrealistic, other mm-hmm. than the last name Strange, which mm-hmm. isn't that unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It's not like his name is Boltagon. Like, right. let's, we're within the realm of reality still. Yeah. So, a uh, funny, interesting thing uh, on a side note, where uh, Strange is like tired of c- c- explaining to people how you actually say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, his last name is not Kelsey? Is it Kelchi? Is it? It's is it... Kelsey. It's just Kels. Kels. There's no e. Oh. But apparently, uh, he's. It's just been they've been saying it wrong for so long that his dad just started saying Kelsey, 
And so, like, they, they, they grew up being known as Kelsey, like, their whole lives. and But it, technically, his name is Kels. Kels. Which is why Andy Reid, the head coach, always calls him Kels. Because ah. he, he actually knows how to say his name. It's pretty funny. That's a, a uh, Yeah, so anyway, uh, random side note. Moving on. Uh, are you ready for my, my second good one? Go for it. Uh, Wade W. Wilson. Yeah. I like Wade Wilson. Uh, I like where they got the name from, and I like I like everything about how it's been like it's just such a common name but mm-hmm. it, it's it's also just so perfect because it's it's a mockumentary of itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i like it yeah it is uh and that's that's a good example of alliteration that works like that one works for the character because the character is mm-hmm. supposed to be a little bit goofy and 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 yeah. uh, uh uh what's the word uh, slapstick and when you yeah. make a character when you give it a silly name like Reed Richards or Sue Storms, it makes it a little silly. But he's supposed mm. to be a little silly, so it's a good choice. Yeah. I, I I like it a lot. Mm. And it's because he's he's a ripoff of Slade Wilson, which is obviously right. taking itself way too far. No one names their fucking kid Slade. Slade. That's yeah. not something that happens. <laughs> yeah. like, whatever. Get over yourself. Yep. All right. What's your second good one? Uh, my second one is actually um, all of the Asgardians. Uh, all of them are named based on their actual name, right? Except yeah. for Valkyrie. Valkyrie's actual mm-hmm. name is Brunhilde, and so that's yeah. that's my second choice. I really like. I, I think Brunhilde is actually a perfect. Like, it's great. It's actually a very just a super stereotypical. Uh, I um, almost Norwegian, chose Brunhilde Norwegian as well. Name. Yeah, uh, it's also it's a it's you know super famous you know uh, character in in mythology as well. But I love that her character name in this in the Marvel universe is Valkyrie because she is a Valkyrie. That's like her title and her job, but her yeah. actual name is Brunhilde. Unlike all the other Asgardians, which is just, you know, Thor and Their Loki. Name, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I it, well, she's just unique. like the executioner. And, like the executioner yeah. is, he's a guy. He's, his job is executioner. Right. So I, I just, I, I like, I think it's uh, uh what's the best way? Another like uh, neat, tidy way of doing it. I like it. Um, so my final good one, uh, kind of in a similar line of yours, is Thor Odinson. Mm-hmm. And I like Thor Odinson. Like, if if I had to pick to become a Marvel character, mm-hmm. I'd probably choose Thor, just for the life expectancy and immortality. Mm-hmm. Like, like I sure I'll live to be like ten thousand years old. That seems okay. Like I could do a lot in ten thousand years. Probably eventually get my shit painted. But uh, <laughs> you know, just like being incredibly strong, fly superpowers, like immortal, long life. Uh, apparently able to like teleport across dimensions like seems cool yep uh but anyway uh the the reason it, it won the war for my third slot was a, actually the scene from uh battlegrounds the 17th resin files book mm. and attempting to not give away spoilers but there will be a small spoiler here uh he he goes to fight an enemy and, they, and he's like you know you know who are you and what have you done so i will know your name and he's like a blah blah and then Dresden's like, well, I've done all this stuff, and I'm Dresden, and then, and then the the guy says back, he's like, I am so and so. I fought the Odin son and lived, and that's all he said. It's like, yeah, this guy's probably gonna be a problem. <laughs> like, I guess yeah. he only needed to say the one thing, and it's already a problem. Mm. Yeah, and so yeah, like it just it just like yeah, you you know when you don't fuck with somebody, like when it's just like I am so and so son, this guy, and you're like, yeah, leave him alone, just just let him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, speak- so what's my uh, my last one is actually going back to one of the earlier things we talked about. How Benjamin Poindexter missed. I love this one. Hits so hard. It's perfect. George oh Tarleton, Modox. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were gonna go with Toad. 
No, no, no. Actually, okay. I don't. I think Toad's a little bit too reaching. It's but, too much. Yeah. Yeah, but I think George Tarleton is perfect. It sounds like it's. It sounds like the neighbor you forgot when you were a kid, right? It sounds yeah. like. It sounds like just anybody. Um, and I love that his 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 evil name is Modok. You know, you know, organism designed only for killing. Like it's just perfect, right? Like, it's this ridiculously over the top name that's an acronym, and then his actual name is George. <laughs> just some guy, George. Um, I think it's I think it's a perfect duality. Um, also, it, it's it, you know, kind of like you said before, he's a he's a fool, right? He's often the fool, yeah. and he, he's he's very rarely ever the scary one that everybody's actually nervous about. He's always just pwned in the first three pages of the comic, and then something actually bad happens, like Ultron yeah. or Doom shows up, you know. But like uh, he's unleashed something he didn't know about, and now right. other bad stuff's happening. Is, right. We're more cleaning up the mess than dealing with him yeah. as a problem. Almost every single time I've ever seen him in a comic, he's in the first three pages, and he is the inciting incident for something else important that happens later. I don't, I can't remember a comic where he's the bad guy they're scared of. Like, mm. and so I love that it's a perfect name, you know, uh, to 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 uh, uh, be opposite his his supervillain moniker. It's great. Alrighty. Well, that's gonna wrap up our alter ego segment. Uh, hopefully, you guys thought that was fun. It was a little off off our beaten path for mm-hmm. stuff we normally do. Uh, so Parker, why don't you run us through our uh, comic corner for today? Okay. So, um, in honor of somebody who just beats me like a redheaded stepchild every single time I come across him, I want to talk about Thanos today. Um, uh, I don't know if how many people know this, but you know Thanos is often you know uh, the the antagonist in almost every story. Tons of them in the Marvel Universe. You see tons of really cool versions of Thanos being an antagonist. But he actually had his own title for a while. Um, and uh, there's several graphic novels that, that I recommend that are strong. Uh, just the basic title, Thanos, is a graphic novel called Thanos Volume 1, Thanos Returns. And then Thanos Volume 2, The God Quarry. Um, and they're done very well. They're both written by Jeff Lemire, and they're strong. Um, but I think... The uh, by far the strongest one is the third volume, which is actually not written by Lamar, it's written by uh, Donny Cates, but it's called Thanos Wins, which is perfect for because how many times I've played Thanos and he always wins. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> the concept of Thanos Wins is basically it's 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 a little bit of a if you're familiar with the What If series of comics where you know they make hypothetical situations, but this this hypothetical is, you know, if Thanos is the like the penultimate villain, if if what he's interested in is cosmic death, and we know according to the the universe that that's what happens. Eventually, our universe loses all its energy; it drains down into eventual cataclysmic molecular cosmic death. You know, it takes trillions and trillions of years to get there, but it will. So, if Thanos lives forever, and and so and and death is the ultimate thing what happens in the future? Like what ultimately happens if Thanos is there when everything dies? Um, so it follows that and, and asks, asks the question of what happens when Thanos wins? Cause it's not really a matter of if it's a matter of when uh, it's a really cool uh, comic that, that explores, you know, some of that kind of, you know, the heat death of the universe stuff and also marries that with the Marvel universe we love, you know, um, and Thanos is, you know, over our, you know, his incredible power. Um, and of course, if those are a fan of the comics, you know that Thanos has a love affair with the actual entity death in the Marvel universe. Um, death is an actual personification. She's a woman and Thanos is in love with her. 
and always seeking her favor. It's one of his primary motivators for a lot of his behavior. And um, basically, if at the end of the universe, he actually kills everybody, and it's just him and death, and those are the only entities left, what happens next? And so this this story, Thanos Wins, explores that concept. So super cool sci-fi mixed with, you know, if, if you want to see Thanos by himself and not just as the bad guy, um, but see a little bit about what goes on in his head. Um, also, Donnie Cates does a really good job of, of I think he does a sublime job of expressing how is it that Thanos actually deals with his obsession with death? Like, how does he rationalize it? Because he's not insane. People call him insane, but he's not. He's rational. So how does he how does he rationalize it? What is he what how what does that Thanos actually think? We never get to see his thought bubble. We get to see it a little bit in Thanos wins. So if you want to see if you want to see a really cool representation of Thanos, the most modern interpretation of him, you should check it out. It's really good. The third volume, Thanos wins. The other two are also strong, but the third one is the really cool one. I like how you're like they're very strong, but this one's better, written by a totally different person. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's they're they're very much they're all together. I think if you read yeah. all if you read all three, it's the best version of it. That's why I mentioned the other two. But mm-hmm. Donnie Cates does a really cool job of getting really cracking open his skull and seeing like what makes Thanos tick. What would if you if what would happen to him if you really got to achieve his goal? It's very interesting. Cool. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Hopefully, you guys had fun. This has been Brandon and. Uh, Dr. Mantis Toboggan, MD. I almost brought that up as one of my my more liked names of characters. <laughs> uh, but we, we said Marvel characters. So. Right. Uh, and this has been Parker Talks Smack. Go ahead and finish up your list. I'm done. I'm good. All right. Do we have something we like a main topic we want to do? Hmm. All right. So, um, main topic. Let me think. Because we can't do ratings. We probably don't want to do too many crunchy topics because yeah. you've only played like three games. Plink. I mean, I can talk anything about it. I can talk about anything. That's true. <laughs> you can talk about it. Uh, I can talk about absolutely anything. I can, uh, conjecture is my middle name. Uh, Jeremy's Jeremy's lady friend was talking about how uh, she thought you were the smartest guy on the podcast just because <laughs> the way you phrase everything. Yeah. And we were both like, that's funny. He's an idiot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Just said deadpan, both said the same thing. Mm. Or am like, I? Like, he doesn't know anything about the game. She's like, oh, well, I, I, he sounds like he does. Or am I? Quit misleading the public, Parker. <laughs> uh, it's all about it's all about talking the good game, right? Not playing the good game. Um, Hell, Ricky, I was high when I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is uh, playing um, Criminal... Uh, criminal Minds? It's like whatever ladies. shitty show you're watching. Oh. No, just Criminals. Criminals and Cabal. Um, oh wait, I had something for this. Didn't I have the uh, the flowchart for what your fucking name was? Hold on. Well, I was doing. I'm doing Criminals Cabal for the league for the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought I made like a a chart for like what your affiliation name was based on. How many affiliations, affiliations I had? 
want to know which affiliations you were playing. I, I had it. I must have I had, deleted it. I had four affiliations in my technically, but I just played Kuroko Ball more. But... I must have deleted it. But it was like uh, if you were like Asgard Cabal, your affiliation name was Ascab. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like I had one for like everything. Uh, I must have deleted it. Now that sucks. Um, that doesn't that doesn't sound like me. I never delete anything. Maybe I made a separate spreadsheet for it. Let's see. Maybe this is just our meta, hmm. but you and you and I have speculated a lot, like constantly, about uh, going single faction versus dual faction in your composition. And yet, to hear you guys talk about playing currently, to what I understand about the game state, at least you know in our meta, and what I've been able to experience myself, that hasn't I haven't really seen uh, anyone <laughs> build. A list going. I'm definitely going to play sometimes this faction, sometimes this faction. People go in saying, "I'm playing Cabal, I'm playing Brotherhood, I'm playing Asgard," and that's just just been that that's been the way it actually hits the table, is my as my guess. So um, that's just been my experience. That's colloquial, um, but maybe that's, there's a topic there. Like, why is it that we talked about this not that long ago? Oh, we did. Yeah. That's when we brought this up, like when when you do, when you don't, like do multi-faction. Right, but when you do, when you don't, it seems to be, it seems to only, the, the, it seems to be when you don't. I don't know when you do, and I guess when you do is, well, is, is it because you're doing like competition? Is tournament to, play a better way to do when you don't? Like sometimes like your list isn't very good into another faction, but that's, that's basically all it comes down to. Yeah, if you know what you want to play, then you're going to play it, but. You, the only time you don't is when the matchup doesn't really allow you to. Well, I guess here's, then here's the rub. In this particular game, and maybe it's just the level that I'm at, and maybe the level the store is at, and not the level you're at. I feel like uh, of the people at the store, is it you and Jeremy are at the level where you can actually look across the table at their, your opponent's list and go, I should have brought a dual list because I would have had a better luck if I would have had an option and flexibility? Because right now, I feel like, I don't know if it's this game Marvel Crisis Protocol or... Just my lack of experience, you know, a young meta, um, where where I, where I do not see anybody making those kind of decisions. Be so it, it, I think there's lots of reasons why this game may feel a little different than War Machine. Just, we'll just pencil this in. So it, it, I think maybe this is a. Well, I, I guess, just don't want to beat it to death in the pre-ramble if we're going to oh, actually talk about okay, it. Okay, so I guess this is this is my question. Maybe it's to kind of focus the conversation. Is yeah. does Marvel Crisis Protocol this does this game foster the kind of uh, competitive setting where you'd want something flexible for your opponent, or does it foster more of a I want to play my favorite character that I love? Um, yeah. Like what is or my favorite my, my cool thing that I want to do with the rules? I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. Like the I guess the option. We'll talk about it, but the option is there yeah, for multi-faction, but is it really? Um, I think it absolutely is, and if you don't think it is, that's that's your point of view. That that's from your like individual mm -hmm. opinions. It's like your opinion, man. Mm -hmm. There you go. You see what I did there? You took off my apostrophe. I did. Today's is a possessive. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I left it, it said. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> Why are you doing it? <laughs> okay. 
There is no punctuation allowed in my document. <laughs> you want to add punctuation, make your own goddamn document. Okay. Okay. Okay, let me, read, let me look at Blade real fast so I don't... Um... Yeah, you look it up because I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet. Okay, let me look it up real fast. <clears throat> I mean, just my personal opinion. If he doesn't just, like, automatically kill Blackulas in one hit, then there's just, like, no point. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Dampier? Dampier, yeah. It means... It's an ancient uh, Slavic word, I think, that means half-vampire. They have a word for half-vampire in Slavic? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I, this is not, ancient this is This is not the first time I've heard the word Dampier. Balkans, yeah. It's, yeah. Slavic, Balkan word. Wow. What fucking ass-backwards world did they used to live in where they had to develop a term that meant half-vampire? Well, Dampier was, like... I mean, that that's also where like the concept of a vampire like the modern Stroker's Dracula mm-hmm. like comes from folklore from the Balkans. Yeah. Um Slavic folklore. So it's like um, a Korean toilet ghost, right? Like yeah. people just, just thought they existed for so long. Yeah. It's like nope. nope. In fact, like when we first, when I first found out what a pentagallon was, I was like, what the shit? Who the fuck thought this up? It's like, oh no, it's like this actual piece of lore. Like they mm-hmm. they thought these things existed. And mm-hmm. I'm like Holy fuck. Like, go look up a pentagallon. These things are fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. What? Ooh. Does it not mean half vampire? No, no I'm, I'm reading more of his stuff. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Maybe that's not so bad. Oh. Ooh. Um, you may hate this. I'm really excited to tell you about it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you reading it instead? Are you, are you spoiling it? I'm skimming it. Don't, uh, don't. I think I, re- I really want to. W- all right, I won't read it. All I want right. to. I want to. I want to see. I want to see what happens whenever you find out. It's getting I worse. Mean, does is he a three point model that has a range five push attack? No, that's that will upset me. Yeah, I, it would. Does he also have an effect that lets him teleport other people range three? Because that would also upset me. It could. <laughs> oh great! All right. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe you won't be mad about this. I'm actually curious. That's that's what I want. I want to know. I want to see what. I want to see it happen. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh. Oh, uh, so I'm watching uh, season four of The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Have you watched The Expanse? Uh, no. My brother keeps telling me to get into it. I have not. So it is good, but it's slow. Like. Like real slow, mm-hmm. but it is good. But it's it's slow, much like me explaining how the show is. It's <laughs> very slow. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So there's interesting points, and there's a lot of He's... interesting development of the characters. I think. Yeah. But He's... around like season two to halfway through season three, it just felt like nothing happened for like forty minutes at a time. Like just mm. just it was dragging ass. I just didn't know what the hell was going on. But I thought it was one of the best, like, because I thought the show ended after three seasons. I didn't know they were going to continue. And so I thought they wrapped it up better than any other sci-fi series I've ever seen. Because I thought it was the end of the show, and apparently I just didn't know. And so I was like, oh, man, what a great ending to this interesting story. And so, like, this is such a great way to leave the story. It was such a good, it was like, good job, writers. And then... I saw there was another season. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's over. Did you not watch the show? 
apparently it's much like first season of uh, game of thrones it keeps going mm-hmm. uh, but more. anyway yeah so i've been watching it and uh there's good and bad things about season four it seems to be going at a faster pace which is nice but it it's falling into a lot of the footholds of um other more modern sci-fi shows where it's like just modern action in general everything has to be well he can't just wreck the car he has to wreck the car next to a cliff jump out of the car while it's in midair and grab on by his fingernails on a single sheet of paper and mm-hmm. hold himself there by like for like an hour before he can climb up you're like yeah we get it he almost fell off a cliff does but it's like it's like if you've watched the new lost in space show on on netflix mm-hmm. they do this in every scene you can't just get stabbed you have to get stabbed to the point where you're bleeding to death like like everything is like life yeah. or death every second and it's just like it's so over milked that it's no longer interesting because i can tell you when i see somebody like driving a car it's like oh he's gonna hit something and roll it and then these days you have to walk back almost run out of oxygen uh-huh. like, yep that's what happens like like every scene is well there's nothing going on so it must be like quicksand or something like mm-hmm. yep quicksand like <laughs> quicksand. every scene it's just like what the why is like, why is everything to the point where it defies the laws of physics right that like the train is attacking them mm-hmm. like in the first episode there's no spoilers like the first five minutes of the show they wreck the ship and they're like well it's cold but we crashed in a lake so everything's okay and it's like all right well i'm gonna swim down in my spacesuit and get something out of the ship and swim back up it's like all right go and then they're going and then the lake starts to freeze which Parker, you know more about thermodynamics than I do, but <laughs> okay, can can about 12 million gallons of water freeze in 12 seconds? Solid. Not like uh, has ice on top. It literally freezes from the bottom up solid. Like literally a rock, but the person inside the lake survives. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to use a laser to drill a hole through the ice to get to her and and then like excavate her out of the ice like she's like swimming a race away from freezing water it is freezing in a wall behind her i was like what the fuck is happening does does no one here live on earth like do they not know how they she on earth is that's where she is no no they're on another planet okay but like it's just water like i'm pretty sure they drink the water later it's not like a pool of methane like yeah yeah something weird that would yeah it's not like another kind of liquid that has a different freezing temperature but the thing does make sense when they land when they crashed on this planet the temperature didn't drop and even if yeah. it did, the water isn't that cold. That's not how temperature exchange works. Right. And so literally, like, it's so stupid. The entire lake freezes in, like, 30 seconds. Now, it is true that there are, like, if you have, like, this actually happens in Earth's oceans. If you had, like, perfectly distilled water and it was, like, yeah. very, very cold and then you caused some sort of uh, physical interaction with it, it can cause a shock freeze, yes. Yeah, they can do that kind but of thing. But that is not what happened. Okay. I was going to say, like, you have, like, uh, it also happens, they like, didn't have, in the, yeah. it also happens, like, in the uh, Antarctica. They'll have these things mm-hmm. called brinicles, which will grow very quickly, like, almost visually quickly, but it's not, yeah. it's like, starfish can get out of the way. It's not like yes. people swimming can Well, get the, the, the thing way. that's extra infuriating, so they just had a ship enter orbit, right? Those things tend to get, I don't know, above room temperature when they're re-entering orbit. <laughs> if there's an atmosphere, fuck And yes. then they landed yeah. in the water. So if there was any amount of temperature exchange happening from this incident, it would have been increasing the temperature of the water. Right. 
Not to mention the movement of the water would resist the freezing. Like the the constant motion they would have because it had been mm. disturbed would prevent the freezing. It is kind of odd, but they. It I, makes I, no I see, sense. Yeah, I see your point. Like you have to completely uh, disobey the laws of physics in order to make scary situations more yeah. scary. But yeah. but yeah, it's just like everything has to be that way. And the, mm-hmm. there was actually in in the show's credit in the second season, there's a very interesting thing that happens. And I don't want to spoil too much, but I mean it's been out for like a year and a half or mm. fuck two and a half years. Yeah, now. it's been a while. But but yeah, there's there's this um, alien rust uh, like uh, it's not actually rust. It's like a, a single celled organism kind of like it's a bacteria that eats metal. Okay. And so effectively to our eyes it rusts. But okay. it's um it's really cool because it basically is an algae that eats metal. And so at one point it gets on their ship and they're like, "Oh god, what do we do?" and it's just eating through their ship. But it's not mm-hmm. like like at a visual rate where you can see it moving, but it's not just like turning it to ash and like right. like a like a tidal wave or anything. But like mm-hmm. so now it's like, "Well, what do we do? The entire fucking ship is made of metal. Like how do we get rid of this?" So they're like cutting out sections of wall and throwing it into space. They're like, "What do we do?" And so that was kind of interesting even though it's obviously science fiction and not realistic. Right. But it was at least an interesting problem and it wasn't just everyone's dead, I guess. Like mm-hmm. Until random miracle happens, it got so bad in the show where you're just like, "All right, well, <laughs> I don't, I can't even go into it. It's so stupid. Like the shit that happens in that show. It's like, who's their screenwriter? Does he just not understand how to write action scenes? Like it's yeah. so terrible. It's like they've got to keep jumping the shark because that's what they did first. Maybe is that like yeah. the idea? I don't. I think the intent was they want to keep people on the edge of their seat, and so they turned it up to seventeen. And they're like, it's not. Mm. It's less scary when shit happens. Like. Like it needs, like literally every scene, you're like, as soon as a problem is solved, the next line of dialogue is the next problem. Like it's so formulaic that it's like, all right, this is a scene. Nothing bad has happened yet. So either we're going to see the smoking gun that's going, or the Chekhov's gun that's going to be the problem next. Mm -hmm. And so we know what's going to happen or we're going to immediately have a problem. And like, there's no in between. It's like every scene is either introducing a problem or resolving a problem. And it's like, we get it. Like, it's just so formulaic. It gets boring. Also, it's, it's so, also emotionally exhausting because it doesn't like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I have no investment in these characters. Oh, and it, they also do the like the CW thing where it's like I'm going to keep a secret at the expense of myself and everyone around me for no logical reason. And you're like, mm. but but why? It's like, no, I I unclear. I don't know why. And you're like, oh my god. Like in one situation, this guy is basically kidnapped and then marooned by another passenger that was stranded on this planet. Like, she steals all of his stuff and leaves him to die in the desert. A fact that he decides to keep to himself when he gets back to camp. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? <laughs> like, this person attempted to yeah. murder you for obvious ill gain. And you're just like, nah, I'm just going to keep this to myself and never mention it to another human being. You're like, <laughs> like, what? Like, how did, like, the only reason this person is allowed to get away with all this bullshit they're doing is because of illogical things that other people do. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to follow it. Yeah, you and I have talked many times about how our least favorite thing is that when a plot has to move forward because characters don't know what other characters are doing and there's no Mm -hmm. reason. Like, if there's a reason why characters don't know, fine. Like, it's earned. Yeah. But whenever somebody purposely just doesn't say something that's completely obvious to the plot that would, you know, create less, you know... close a loophole right and so yeah. you it would make it would make the it would make the drama disappear because they've already solved the conflict um 
Yeah, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating when it's just like the random secret keeping that makes no sense. It's it's you want you want the the problems in a story to be solved by you know uh, ingenuity or or, or strength or uh, character or like integrity, courage. Instead, it, it should just be solved by basic communication skills, like yeah. very basic communication skills. <laughs> just like this solves it's the like, problem. It's like if you go back and watch '90s television shows, they're like, man this problem could be solved with a cell phone. Like, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, the entire plot of this episode is dissolved if you just add a cell phone. Yeah. But it's like that with talking to people in the room with in the you face, in yeah. some shows. Yeah, it's like, it's like, man, if this person knew this, which is something like, like, I was abducted by aliens yesterday. It's like, I'll mm-hmm. just keep that to myself. Like, what? Yeah. Like, just that's something you keep to yourself, Brian. You fucking tell people that shit. Yeah. Like, uh... Reminds me of uh, the how it sh- uh, for those of you who've never seen any of the how it should have ended. Uh, it's a YouTube series that's fun to watch if you like exactly this kind of conversation yeah. we're having right now. Which is there's in making of plots, there are really obviously things the characters could have done to solve the problem, and it's not just like in horror movies where you know you don't go into the room full of chainsaws. Um, yeah, it's it, my one of my favorite yeah, we ones just get is the for running the running car. <laughs> yeah, for the Superman. I would say Superman, uh, the one where uh, the new one with. Uh, uh, Russell Crowe and uh, is 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 Zor El, and the reason Henry why, Cavill. yeah, yeah, Henry yeah. Cavill, and the reason why the the reason why I mentioned Russell Crowe is as soon as Zod shows up, he goes, "I'm a Kryptonian," and and Clark Kent goes, "Oh wait, I have a space dad," and he goes and he asks him, he's like, "Who is that guy?" He goes, "Oh, it's Zod. He's a monster, real monster." He goes, "Oh, okay. How do I beat him?" He's like, "Well, uh, you, you probably use the Phantom Drive in your in your infant ship." He goes, "Cool," and he throws the he throws it at the spaceship disappears that's it <laughs> like the end and, and so they go back and they go man that would have been really bad if you would have had to fought zod like on the surface of the earth the millions of people probably would have died in the ensuing conflict he goes yeah, yeah really terrible idea not to mention all the terraforming damage to the planet's like ecosystem <laughs> right i love but that's the, the that's the point right like basic communication skills if you just like yeah. basically communicate with your database you know of um mm-hmm. then you just solve your problem uh and then uh, in that scene, he goes, uh, in the scene, he goes, when did you go talk to a random priest? And he goes, why would I have talked to a random priest? He goes, well, you know, for wisdom. He goes, any priest? <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just, just a priest? <laughs> yeah. Just any priest. He goes, yeah, well, you know, probably a local one. <laughs> just like, why would I do that? <laughs> just like, <laughs> but that's the point, right? Just like, why? <laughs> he solves his problem by talking to a priest. <laughs> Oh, that, and he doesn't like like he yeah. leaves there still in turmoil. Like, yeah, and, no and yeah, it, it was a really strange. But that's the point of the movie, especially right? when you know you have a space dad. Yeah, you, you know you have go a space talk dad. to just go talk to space dad. Well, think about it, Parker. He had to take like an like a one and a half minute journey to the North Pole to go <sighs> talk to space dad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It takes at least forty five seconds to get there yeah. from anywhere. Yeah, that's ra- that's round trip. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, 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 let's go ahead and start. I feel like I'm. I may have to go get my appendix checked out tomorrow. So let's figure this out. Oh, okay. Well, you that's have good, you have a hobby knife. You just cut that shit out. Oh shit! I am so, I am so not on board with this being in my appendix. I'm so not on board with it. <laughs> You're not you're not on board for surgery tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not, not on board for surgery tomorrow. I want to go play games. I'm not, not going to lie. The main reason I don't want to do surgery tomorrow is because it would stop me from playing Marvel Crisis Protocol. All right. Uh, I'm going to go adjust my fan, then we'll get started. Oh, but to finish my point, I think we got distracted. Um, 
but there are parts in season four of the expanse that okay. are very much like that where it's like well if you guys would just fucking talk to each other this could get resolved or mm-hmm. like they just add in needless like you know fuck it. well every every timer has to go to point one seconds now they can't stop at 10 seconds like it's gotta right. be the absolute last possible second and it's just like yeah anyway <sighs> are right, you good I thought it was good. I really thought it was going to be uh, 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 Spider Spidergar uh, Spidergar Man Dude. Spidergar Man Dude. I thought that was the best version. That's the best title I've ever heard. Spidergar Man Dude. Maybe I'll be Spidergar Man Dude next time. Oh boy, I'm not tired. I'm just lethargic. Like this is like finally catching up on like not having a million things to do oh really yeah well it's just like the darkest before the dawn right now because i'm about to have a whole lot more shit to do soon <laughs> oh really what like what oh with our fucking strike force alliance oh hey i wonder if uh anybody listens to a podcast that plays strike force wants to join our alliance <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay <clears throat> have you ever, are you familiar with the movie aladdin i've heard of it Okay, have you watched it? Have you seen it? The live action or the... No, the, 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 the animated, animated one. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. I grew up so, in the 90s. Uh, I, I, I was looking up other examples of, like where you said, like people ignore the laws of physics to make something happen. Uh, this, is not, this is not one for danger. This is one in the romantic sequence when uh, Aladdin takes Jasmine on the magic carpet ride. That he goes and they see different sites around the world, different like yeah. world wonders. Is this and, like how far apart they are? Right. So it said it, at, at <laughs> one minute, it, at uh, one hour and forty eight seconds, they're in Egypt, and at one hour fifty nine seconds, uh, sorry, at one hour fifty eight minute forty eight minutes, they're in Egypt. At one hour uh, fifty nine minutes, they're in Greece. Egypt is one thousand five hundred ninety six kilometers away from Greece. This means that they must have traveled one thousand five hundred ninety six kilometers in eleven seconds. Or an average of 145,090 uh, meters per second, or about three, th- 324,000 miles per hour. So yeah. keep in mind the Apollo Lock mission. 70. Yeah, keep in mind that Apollo mission's reentry speed was about 24,000 miles per hour. So it's so. And those people had a heat shield to protect them from the extreme heat a speed would cause. Aladdin and Jasmine are wearing regular clothing and not much of it, which does not protect from atmospheric reentry, mind you. <laughs> and are therefore dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, it is a it's, magical it's, carpet. Like, and we're right. kind of, we, the whole point is you threw... Did you not equivalent the thrust on a fucking flying carpet? Like, mm-hmm. of course. Like, this is literally magic. Like, the whole point is to, you know, remove belief and, you know, just buy in yeah yeah i i get that yeah you know in the in the the third movie they they find uh an object that turns things to gold what's what's the physics on that one can i watch the third one third aladdin and the king of thieves uh the hand of midas right yeah yeah i have seen that's on a turtle the size of an island yeah that's right i was always wondering when they dropped it into the water why it didn't turn the ocean to gold because duh because, duh. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It's... As a kid, I was like, but wouldn't that just, like, 
turn the water to solid gold? Uh, yeah. And they're like, no, it only affects solids. Like, but that doesn't make why sense. would it? If you touch it to a piece of fabric, would it only turn the threads it actually touched to gold? Wouldn't it not turn? And gold's actually malleable at the or like threads malleable at that thickness of gold. Like, wouldn't you still be able to move the clothing? But they act like it was a statue. Like he yeah. touches the dude's cloak and it turns him to gold. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. No, but yeah. then later he wraps a cloth around it and then carries it with the cloth on it, but it doesn't turn the cloth to gold. Like, like yep. the inconsistencies are just abound. It, like, it's it's insane. Like also, yeah. If it's just if it's just matter, if that's possible, if, if, if yeah. we're, we're presupposing that matter can just reform from whatever matter state yeah. it is is you know electrons and protons reformed to be a gold state i mean literally the show full metal alchemist made more sense than this yeah actually the, the show full metal alchemist at least they presuppose the concept of matter cannot be created or destroyed right yeah but if a midas hand actually existed it would immediately start like changing you know the particles of air around it into gold particles and i'm guessing mm-hmm. would accumulate to itself but yeah, the resulting so you couldn't touch it because it'd be surrounded by gold yeah also, like all the dust in the air would just immediately turn to gold. On I it. guess. Also, it's like little gold flakes. How, depending upon the speed of this, it could cause like explosive decompression as yeah. air molecules are you know turned from a you know a gas to solid state instantly. Or is it gas gaseous gold, which is insanely hot, and everything just starts burning yeah. around it? Like mm-hmm. mm, they don't. Uh... Yeah, who made this? What an idiot! <laughs> yeah. This is a dumb idea. Since we're on the topic of like logic and physics and like like uh, hypotheticals, mm-hmm. um, we had this conversation at the shop the other day because people always say, "Well, I'm like, oh, well, would you like to like get this?" They're like, "I'm not made of money." So the thought process of what would happen <laughs> if people were made of money, and I was like, "Would eating be the equivalent of making change? Would you just like give someone a twenty off of your person, and they would give you back twenty ones, and you would then be more full because you had more mass?" Like, like, is that how you would like, so as you, you aged and you wanted to consume more food, you would just trade out larger denominations for smaller denominations or what about- would that be considered selling your body for food? Like, like what would be the, the ethics behind this? Also, also like inflation, right? Are younger yeah. people worth less than older people? Like, are no, older- I think they'd be worth more because they would have more potential, but but older people were minted at an earlier time if if their minting was what as was at the rate of yeah, inflation but, but back money then, wears out even even coin money wears out over time yes it could wear out over time but that's why you make that's why they make things out of like nickel and copper is it it, it resists it resists oxidation well sure but eventually <clears throat> it would literally just wear down mm-hmm. yeah like over time like coins will just wear down to nothing if you keep handling them well, they sh- I mean, they shouldn't. Um, well, I mean, well, if you just sat still, nothing's interacting with it. But if you're, like, constantly handling it, like, eventually you will rub it down to nothing over a long enough period. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. Like, they, they do constantly take in old coins for that purpose mm-hmm. because it, it becomes difficult to uh, treat them as tender if they it's been difficult. But you a person... Yeah. yeah, if a person is... If a person is money... <laughs> This is a weird conversation. Yeah, what would would we trade in other <clears throat> goods? Like, or, we like trade in our, weird, weird or would we have to like recycle parts of ourselves to get a newer version that is is obviously tender? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, can... and so my mind just immediately went to the the movie. I think it's just called In Time with uh, uh-huh. what's Justin Timberlake. Name? Yeah, Justin, Justin Timberlake. I like that movie so, a lot. 
it's actually an interesting movie because it's a sci-fi movie that's done like reasonably well. It doesn't like jump the shark repeatedly. But mm. so if you haven't seen the movie, basically they've they've developed technology that they install in people at basically at birth, and mm-hmm. it is a internal system that will basically keep you young and and healthy forever. But to counteract the problem of um, overpopulation, they put a time restriction on it. So you start with one year of time, and it doesn't kick in until you turn 25. You basically have free roll until you turn 25. And so basically the, the medicine is so advanced that the only thing that could kill you is literally somebody like causing like triage-level damage, and mm-hmm. that would end your life. Because there's like no disease, no no health problems. It's just the act of damage to your body. They call it meat damage. Um, but yeah, so you start with a year and it doesn't kick until you're 24, 25. So you basically get to live until 26 for nothing. And then anytime you like work at a job or you trade something, they trade everything in time. And so time is their currency. Like if you want to buy a mm-hmm. cup of coffee, it's like a minute. And so you would spend a minute of your clock to get the, the coffee. And so it's kind of a similar concept, I think, where it's like, well, you have all of this like economic value in yourself it's just how far do you want to push it mm-hmm. and so the people who live p- paycheck to paycheck are basically called Minutemen because they're they're like they're always down to the minutes they have less than a day left right but yeah it's interesting and then obviously it turns into this hunger game level like like class war kind of thing where there's people that have so much time built up like centuries of time just built up that not doing anything and people are literally dying in the street because they run out of time mm-hmm but it's interesting. I think it would be kind of like that if people were made of money. I, I guess it would all be if if you said like you, you intimated before is based on mass. But if you if you have a value like credit that doesn't have mass, but it's said just inside of you, then yeah, there would definitely be a way to accrue more, and then therefore you'd have people. Well, what if you just got like you just became this giant golem of dollar bills? Like were you just like huge? <laughs> The dollar golem. <laughs> this well, sounds mean, like I a... mean, th- there's a lot of creatures in like mythos and lore and stuff where it's like they would get big over time, like like an orc, and like an orc gets bigger the stronger it gets. So, mm-hmm. like you could just get like people that were just enormous, <laughs> like Kingpin. <laughs> just he's like rich, really... therefore he's large. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, by the way, his name was also on my list of awesome names. I oh, love yeah. his name, Wilson Fisk. I love that name. It's a solid name. <clears throat> Anybody who's seen the Daredevil TV show wouldn't would know like because he's not known as Kingpin in that I think ever I don't think the he's only just, well, he's just Fisk oh god it's so his version of Fisk is just the best mm-hmm. I love oh that boy Fisk. all right so you're coming up tomorrow to to uh, back up your your talk uh yeah if, if I'm not if I if I'm not suffering from some sort of whatever this is. I hope I'm not. I hope like I right feel now like you I feel would fine. be in much greater pain if you had appendicitis. Every, everything that everything that I've read says I should be like in terrible, terrible pain. So it only feels bad when I'm like moving around, like bending, bending down, standing up. It, it's pretty sharp. But if I'm sitting, no big deal. So we'll see. Yeah, you might just pull an abdominal muscle. That's not uncommon. Right. I I am biking a lot now. I'm exercising a lot, so it definitely could have happened then. Have you tried like massaging the area that is causing the pain and seeing if you can cause pain with pressure, or if it's by like stretching a part of your anatomy? We, yeah. When causes... I when I when I push on it, it doesn't seem to cause it extra pain. No, it's just mm-hmm. like the pulling and pushing. Pulling. I feel like sorry, if pulling. you just did generic pressure on the region of your appendix being about to burst, that would cause great pain. Mm. Yes, I feel like it would be very tender to the touch. It'd be very inflamed, actually, right? Be, yeah, super yeah. inflamed. Yeah. 
So it's just it's ooh, it's a ooh. Have you been bitten by a spider? Ooh. Maybe maybe it's a brown recluse, and you're about to lose a chunk of flesh. That's not that's not no. <laughs> what if you ignore the problem? Then you'll lose a chunk of flesh. Uh. <laughs> it's gonna just like ice cream scooper out your abdomen. Uh. Oh boy. All right, so you excited for anybody in the Midnight Suns? Mm. I I think uh, New Strange is going to be New cool. Strange. New I, I love New Strange's model. Like I just love his uh, I love his costume. His costume is super cool. Like I I are they going to be the same base size? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, they're both mediums. Okay, if they're both mediums, then I'm probably going to be using the other Strange model for whatever Strange I want all the time. <laughs> Cuz the other model the other model is great. I love the the rune effects, but um, I mean, the new sling ring is way better. There's no no question. Yeah, yeah. I I love, I love, I love his costume so much. It's so cool. So, so I, just strange. Nobody else. Um, thinking about it, I think the hood will be cool. I'm excited for the hood. I want to see what he does. I really, really like the hood in the comic books. He, like, he's one I, of those supervillains you root for. I love. I root for him. I'm excited. I I'm kind of excited for a transformer that's not dog shit. Yeah. That'd be cool. I hope. Uh, well, if it's do like, you think, do you think transform plus uh, the leadership ability is going to be too strong? You know what I actually think it'll be. I actually think it'll be. Um, I wonder if it'll just be the flip. When you flip him over, he he changes. He won't transform back and forth. I wonder if it'll just be the flip. I don't think they do a separate model for that because it's just an aesthetic difference. The whole reason of having a aesthetic difference would be show like what state he's in because the card would then show what state he's in if you just flip the card over i'm pretty sure he's going to transform i hope he does that'd be that'd and be really cool the the simple fact that they're doing the midnight suns means that one of the developers is a fan of the midnight suns and if they're a fan of the midnight suns and decide to put the hood in the game he's probably going to transform mm-hmm so i like, think if you follow that logic train i, I don't think that i don't think it's just the night suns i think it's also movies strange movie and that kind of stuff the fact that strange movies oh also yeah happened. maybe he's in the strange movie the i don't know if he'll be in this i don't know if he'll be in the strange movie but they, they've already said they've already had before where they put super they put random characters in the game that aren't in, really attached to anything Most oh hold on Kaibo. uh anyway still listening uh there's potential loki spoilers like final episode loki spoilers so oh yeah danger danger listening. Stop listening now if you care about spoilers for Loki. Okay. Even though it's like two or three weeks out now. Uh, so did you see that that black guy is Kang? I didn't. I didn't make that connection. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but I don't know very much about Kang. So. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, he's definitely supposed to be. I don't. Mm-hmm. Did they ever? He he says I I have been called a conqueror. Like he says that like in his list of yeah, things yeah, he's been yeah. called. But and then yeah yeah. And as, and as soon as you hear that, you go okay, he's Kang. Like I don't think he ever says Kang. But when he the the fact that well, he goes I think the whole point is that our multi or our universe is Kang didn't become Kang. But the fact that he's a time traveler, like mm-hmm. he lives at the end of time and he basically does what he controls the timeline. Like that sounds like Kang now that I think about it. But cl- he clearly said like he's the only one that decided to come here and make a refuge. And so he's the Kang that didn't become Kang. All the other Kangs decide to try and conquer the multiverse. Well, um, that was at least how I took it. No, I think he I think he was just the one who, who figured out a way to stop it. Right. He yeah. he was the most successful Kang. Um, but I think he was, I mean, he also did, you know, created something terrifying. Um, sure. I think the, uh, um, 
I think he's supposed to be Kang, and I think they're going to, you know... <clears throat> well, he's he's confirmed as Kang. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed in it, honestly, because I felt like... Uh, I don't know why. Sorry, I'll say this. At first, I was disappointed. And then I was like, I don't know why I'm surprised, because every single one of these Marvel shows, the last episode has been about the next Marvel thing, right? Mm-hmm. Every single one. And so this is obviously introducing Kang and the idea of multiversal fracture as the big bad for a lot of the other content they're doing, their movies and everything, right? Well, yeah, like all three of the shows have basically ended here where we're basically getting ready for the next movie to come out. Right. The multi, yeah, the multi, uh, the multiversal conflict is what like the next thing is going to be. Like the uh, Ant-Man and Wasp is going to be about, you know, quantum mania. So it's all about, you know, quantum mm-hmm. possibilities and multiversal stuff. Uh, multiverse is multiverse of madness is Doctor Strange. Like there, uh, uh, Spider Man is uh, away from home or whatever it is. Like so, no way home. No yeah. way home. Right. So it's all it's all going to be about multiversal stuff. And I think Loki is actually like the Loki and Scarlet Witch are gonna like the two ones. I, I feel like I don't know how the end of uh, I didn't really see anything in the end of. No, yeah, Winter Soldier was yeah. just whatever. I, I, well, I, also, I think it's. I think it's trying to show that they're going to have to come together on Earth in general. Mm-hmm. But I think that might be a lead up to because they're, they're, the rumor is that they're going to use this multiverse incursion thing to justify bringing in all the other like Fox rights uh-huh. into our universe. And so like uh, Fantastic Four and uh, the mutants are going to become mm. canon and all that. And so that yeah. might you could say that's kind of like saying we're going to need to come together as a group. But yeah, I mean that that one was definitely not as heavy on the implications in the but larger timeline. All the Captain America themed shows, when that one definitely has one, it was like that. Like original yeah, Cap, it's, it's Winter Soldier. Scale. Yeah, it's all yeah. like global problems. Like yeah. global problems. I think yeah, it's we're going... definitely dealing with like cosmic level shit. Yeah. So I think it's. Um, I, I I didn't the so I didn't like it. It was that it was Kang. I actually hoped it was Loki. I hope it was a variant. Just of Loki. another Loki. Yeah, that would have been cool. Because one of the big themes of this of the whole show was Loki trying desperately to tell everyone that that you know, yes, all Lokis want to conquer everything. That's what all Lokis want. That's not what he wants. He's had a character revelation. That's not what he wants. And he met another Loki who also has had a character revelation. She doesn't want to conquer everything. She wants to burn down everything. So Loki. Our like our, our our Loki that we care about, the Loki we follow. I'm gonna call him Loki Prime. Like he he wants affection. Like he wants to be with someone. Like he he wants to have a connection with somebody. He doesn't want to die. He wants to be. He wants to reconcile all this, right? And that's why he's so affected. And the first episode was such a did such a great job of taking all the things we know about Loki the character and and making him experience them in like 20 minutes so that we could believe that he had this character transition with him. It's awesome. And then, um whatever her name is. I can't remember what she calls herself. Um, the Loki variants girl. Um, Sylvie. Sylvie. Sylvie is motivated by, you know, revenge. Everything was taken from her, so she's just going to burn it all. Fuck it. Like, just burn it all down. And so these two variants are the only variants that aren't Lokiing up every time, right? All the other variants are just constantly trying to conquer everything. So I thought, since this was such a powerful theme in it, and it was only getting more and more obvious when they got to like the end of it, when they're in the the void and they meet all the other Lokis that are always fighting each other to be conquerors of the void, and I thought they were going to 
make it to the castle and find the Loki that won, right? The, the best Loki. Because mm-hmm. that was a big joke in the first couple episodes was, who's the best Loki? I'm the best Loki. <laughs> and I thought they were going to find one. He was going to claim to be the best. He actually won. And then because of who they were, Sylvie and Loki Prime, because of who they were, they were going to be able to unravel the, the, the problem of what to do with the, the system and the TVA because they're the only Lokis that didn't want to rule. Um, and that's what made them special. That's why when they were having their romantic moment, there was this big multiversal problem. They still have never answered that question of why at the lake they had that the big multiversal problem right before um, the Armageddon, uh, the, the, where the asteroid was, or the planet was coming apart. Um, they never answered why those two being romantically involved was a big multiversal problem. Uh, they kind of hinted at it whenever... Kang says he didn't know what happens after a certain point, like he knew everything that happened in all of time except for at, at this point, because then it's all about the Lokis deciding. But, I, but they never came back and said why the lake was such a big deal. Why them? I'm guessing they answer that in Loki season two. But um, I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of there was a I when it turned out to be just another bad guy, I was immediately disappointed because I felt like the themes didn't get realized, um, and they did though. The, with Loki and well, Sylvie's falling out, they were realized. Loki's yeah, I think I think it's fine but, because they're there's like there's always season two, right? Like they right. introduced a bad guy, but they didn't like kill off the bad guy. They just introduced the fact that he is there and things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so there's still there's not like we hit a wall or like a, a no point of no return in Loki mm-hmm. because like he even said the whole thing's gonna start all over again. Right. And oh so no, we'll I, I yeah, I really. I loved where they left the show. I was really, but I guess I was really surprised by the amount of cliffhanger, um, because yeah, me too. The other two seasons were very much tied with a bow, with a little bit of string on the end to keep going, mm. and this one was no tie, like no bow. Yeah, just no. This was the first one. I was like, okay, this is going to be an installment. The, like, all, this is uh, going. Yeah. This is going to be the first show that's like we're going multi season. This is this was Act One, like mm-hmm. of it, and I actually felt like maybe Act One and a half. Um, it's funny, all the other shows did not feel it necessary to put Loki will return in season two, but this did. And I feel like that was a clear sign of producers um, saying, if we don't put something at the end of this, people are going to get pissed as hell. Like, yeah. we have to make They're it... like, that's the end? Yeah, we have to make it abundantly clear to the idiots who watch this that that, they're, that we are going to make more than one of these or else people are going to fucking march on our building um, mm. electronically, digitally. But uh, yeah. I, I think we'll get canceled. That, yeah. <laughs> so I'm really we'll be taken off the platform that we own. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I am uh, I was I think like anybody else watching it, I think dissatisfied because I was hoping for more resolution that happened. And I was I was I, I had specifically re- thought that one resolution was going to happen because I saw I thought I, I saw it coming. But the fact that it was Kang and then no resolution, really. Yeah, the, I think the um, problem was we all expected it because the precedent yeah. has been there, there will be resolution. Even WandaVision, mm-hmm. which was cryptic as fuck, yeah. like there was there was complete resolution basically. Right. Like there's very little left over. The, the the primary problem of her and the town, right? The town that was resolved. Yeah, her like the, town the, the whole plot of the show is fixed. Like right. the only thing we don't know is like basically the fallout of it. We right. know what happened. Right. Like it was an event. It's 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 on the show. Watch it. You know. Yeah, but then the. Uh... Yeah, the fact the the fact that almost none of this was really resolved, it just keeps going, and we did get a little bit of character. Like we did get you know, but it, sorry, even the resolution for the characters leaves more un more like things that need to be 
you know, finished. Like Loki finally has the confrontation with Sylvie where he's like, do not kill him because this is not what we want. And she's like, I will kill him because this is what I need. And, and so they have that moment, but they don't even get to have like a resolution for that because she just, she just sends him away. So they never actually resolve that conflict either. Um, which I know is what you would do on season one of a show, right? That's what you would do is you wouldn't resolve the will they, won't they on season one. Of course not. You have to, you have to keep that open or people will get very dissatisfied by that, you know, relationship um, instantly. So um, also um, Sylvie is just the enchantress, right? But she's not, I feel like she's just the MCU's version of enchantress. The fact that yeah. she has enchanting powers and she's a blonde haired green character from Asgard. Like she's definitely just Seems the enchantress. Like, but it's not just that she can enchant stuff. It's that she doesn't do any of Loki's magic. Like all right. she does is enchant people. And it's like, mm-hmm. isn't she just enchantress? Maybe yeah. she's just, maybe in her universe, like she just filled that role. And like, there never was an enchantress because she existed. Well, they never in the, in the MCU, Amora, which is the the name of the enchantress. Amora, like, as a goddess, never exists in any of the Asgardian stuff. I don't think she ever appears anywhere. So, this is I feel like just the MCU's version of what the enchantress is in the in the comic books, which is Amora. And it could have been that you know, like like we say that she's Loki, but like she has a completely different origin, right? Like she's not, isn't she not a frost giant? I thought she was just like an they adopted didn't, they child. Didn't, they didn't say. They didn't say. Okay. We assume. Maybe we assume I just she put is. that in my head. But we, ass- maybe we assume. She, I think she says Lafayette at some point. I think she says it. Did she? Okay. I think she does. So I think she is. Um, I think she is the daughter of of Lafayette. Uh, but I don't I mean she could have just been raised as as Thor's sibling, which would have been well. That's the role of Loki. So maybe mm-hmm. it just got established because she's also being that she's like the, the biggest Loki variant. Like because they, they talk about the multiple times show she's the, she's the variant and like mm-hmm. Loki is a variant but she's the variant mm-hmm. and so it could just be that you know she isn't Loki which is why she's such a variant she just filled the the Loki role maybe mm-hmm. and because that it became such more of a problem I don't know I feel like there's they because they didn't they didn't close almost any doors in this at all in fact they opened at the very end they opened an enormous other one which is as soon as she he was killed now the multiverse is going off and when she sent loki back to the tva it wasn't the tva it was a tva um like the multiverse is already happening um and so like the, they've opened up oh, so the fact that they introduced that as a concept that now anything the characters interact with might just be a different universe or uh, they, well i'm a little worried that they'll start doing what comic books do and then just use that as open license to do one shots and I yeah. really prefer the continuity strain versus the one shots where it's like, if we're going to just make a movie and then it, it doesn't connect with anything. And it's like, okay, well that's basically what we used to have. I don't like those. Uh, well, it's I like, think that's, that's what the, what if the animated, what if series is right. That's what be. what if is supposed to be. Right. It, well, what if is what was different takes on stuff that has happened, mm-hmm. but I really don't want to be like X-Men movie, but we're not going to interact with any of the stuff from the MCU or be like canon in the MCU. It's just an X Men movie that's mm. completely separate from the MCU. It's like, well, then what was the point? Like, like that's not mm-hmm. what. That's what I don't want to happen. I don't want to be like comic books. It's like, well, which Avengers are you talking about? Are you talking about Avengers like six one six or Avengers nine or like? Oh my god! It's like yeah. the whole point is that it's supposed to be one big universe that everything is like, you know, the same. That's satisfying. Anyway. That's satisfying, and it and it gives 
importance to everything. As soon as you make a multiverse, then everything is every anything is fair game, right? You yeah. just like just kill anybody, do anything, fuck it. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. There's it's no just investment. Everything loses its value because like oh, it it doesn't matter. Like so and so only died in that one off reality. It's like well, then it had no value. Like it's yep. just cheap. Like you killed a copy. It doesn't matter. And that's that's why like. Um, you know, superhero deaths are always so cheap and nobody gives a shit because it's like because the equivalent of having a desk drawer full of infinity stones. Right. Like, it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Oh, we use those as paperweights. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Dave has a lot of green ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Is this the, the greatest power in the universe? Yeah. <laughs> just like, you didn't know how to take it. Like, I don't know how to respond to this information. Yep. It's just some seventies, you know, seventies office space. Mm-hmm. I loved the art style, the decoration style of the TVA. I love, like, there's so many things about that show. I was so satisfied with everything about that show. It was by far, for me, the, the best new Marvel show. I'm so I was so happy about it. And then the end, uh, I just kept telling myself, oh, just, just be okay, because I hate bad endings. I hate dissatisfying endings. They make me so mad. And so I just had to tell myself afterwards, just, just like, just pretend that the next, you know, sixteen months or whatever don't ha- don't exist, and I'm watching season one episode, sorry, season two episode one tomorrow, and mm-hmm. as long as I can just pretend that, I will be very, I, I will be satisfied well, by Loki. But it's also a lot different now that you like you don't have to worry about Loki getting canceled, right? Like, there's no way Loki two doesn't come out. Like, as where with other TV shows, like fuck, like Firefly, like like you never know what's gonna happen. Mm. They could fire the director, and something completely different would happen. But like in the MCU, like continuity, we know that even if it they they replace the people behind it, it they there was a plan in place, and that plan will generally get followed. Like well, we mean... don't have to worry about like the <clears throat> Star Wars problem of there's no one guy in charge of everything that knows what the fuck's supposed to happen. Yeah. It's like. Well, the Star Wars problem was funny. The Star Wars movie problem was exactly that. But then the Star Wars series pro- series the, the, the exactly the opposite. They just like this these two guys. These yeah, two, no everybody. one else. Yeah. Fuck off these two guys. And then it goes and everyone went, "Okay." And now they're hand over fist, right? Yeah. Money hand over fist. Acclaim hand over fist just because they have the because as it turns out, if you give creative control to you know, a, a very small amount, like one or two very competent people, you can make a very, very, very strong product over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's modern Disney filmmaking in general. But they didn't do that formula with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You're precisely correct. The so apparently movies. whoever, there's like one woman that was in charge of like the, the sequel movies, the sequel trilogy. Oh, really? Like, Wait, with eight, the... like uh, seven through nine, uh-huh. I guess. There was like one woman that was like the creative director of those and someone was bashing her at the store and I intentionally being the uh, the inciter of riots I am. uh, I said, why would you be mad at somebody for making the best Star Wars trilogy? (laughs) And then and so that obviously started a conversation and uh, I was like, if you actually think about it, like in 20 years, I think the three newest movies are actually going to be considered the best. Because they're going to hold up so well to, like, the next generation past us. Because the only reason that the the original trilogy is so beloved is because of nostalgia. If they came out today, they'd be okay. 
yeah. fact. Like you can you can hate that, but it's how it works. Yeah. It's like nobody going back and watching the original Transformers cartoon gives a shit about it. Yeah. Like compared to watching the new movies. Like it's mm-hmm. just they're not that compelling. Yeah. They're not interesting visually, which was half the point of what they were good at. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were amazing for their time, but their time was forty five years ago. Right. Like get over it. They were singularities. They're yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're they're not it's it's not it's not something like, it's not sacred. Go watch, go watch Highlander now and tell me how good it is. Like yeah. it's complete garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like it's an absolute trash to live film. It's so bad. Uh but yeah, so I just don't think people realize how much nostalgia is carving the way for them thinking that like the new movies are trash. It's like they're fine. They're really fine. Yeah. Oh, uh I, I I'll I'll be I'll go on the record and say I think episode seven was great. Like I really yes. liked episode seven. It was one of the best star. It was one of the best versions of Star Wars I have seen, which is not like the, the, a ceiling of cinematic achievement. It's just it was a really, really good version of a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked it. And eight was fine. There was something really wrong with it. And nine was I don't know why it was just like a a, a forum answering session, which was. Yeah. Really weird that there they tried was, to do that. There was that, like but... 30 minutes of not great in the eight and seven. The only problem I had with seven was how they decided to use basically anytime they use uh, light speed in the new set of movies in a new and interesting, interesting in air quotes way. Uh, it's terrible. Like when they will just t- jump out of light speed after we get through the planet shields, but before we hit the planet, I'm like, do you understand how fast light travels? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, you, but then, if you if you like, like the um, the window of opportunity you have to turn off the FTL is like a stepposecond. Like it's yeah. beyond minuscule. It's like one one billionth of a second. Like it's worse than so that. tiny. Much worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually way tinier than that. Like, it's so infinitesimally small that not even a computer we have could calculate the amount of time you would have, let alone perform the procedure in that amount of time. Like, you couldn't even figure out how quickly you would need to do it. Right. And so, yeah, like, that that was so beyond, like, like, yeah, laser swords, force wizards, whatever. No, you can't drop out of faster than light travel in that short of a period. But then you stop and think about it, and in all of the movies, when they jump into light speed, it's basically just a teleport, right? But if you actually think about the logic, they're not they're not going into a wormhole. Mm-mm. It's not like Battlestar Galactia when it's just a jump and they appear somewhere else. Right. It's not a teleport. They accelerate to faster than light travel and then slow down and stop. Mm-hmm. And this is confirmed in all of the lore. But if you think about like a squadron of X-Wings, there's a guy behind the guy in front. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go into light speed, decide to drop out because every time they show the cockpit, when they drop out, they pull the lever back. It's a manual shutdown. Beam. And the guy behind him that can't even perceive the ship in front of him, let alone how close he is to it, is going to also pull the lever down. It's like, what? And they always come out of light speed within six feet of each other. Yeah, like, what the (laughs) fuck? That's a great point. That's really good. 
it makes no fucking sense. And so any ever since I realized that, it's been like, okay, whatever, just magic wand it technology, let's uh-huh. move on. I would rather them just magic wand technology it than try and explain it, honestly. Yeah, that's that's a good they, that's uh that discongruity <laughs> so is stupid. That discongruity is something that Star Wars is often like it's often like the the, the example of when you try to take soft sci-fi and turn it into horror sci-fi and it and it just crumbles it falls apart yeah don't do that it's it's a really fine line on where you need to stop explaining things yeah because you need to just say quantum drive or something or explain just, it yeah just just magic science words at yeah. some point because we uh, obviously if we could do these things, it'd be called science movies. Right. Like, these are clearly not, like, doable situations. Right. Like, the MCU is actually a really good example of they keep everything, like, they don't even try to do it. They're just like, quantum. <laughs> like, yeah, what? quantum. We're going to jump realm. through a gate point. What's a gate point? It moves us around. And they yeah. go through the point. Like, like the, anybody ever been space? No, good. Hits the button. Like, yeah. we're gone. Like, yeah. no, don't, don't talk about it. Yeah, they don't, don't even try to explain it. Just do it. Yeah. And that's, and that's so much better than... It's like, oh, there's shields. How do we get through it? We'll use hyperspeed. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start you start asking questions uh, that you can't it's answer. Like, well, in episode seven, because when they get the Falcon out of that scrap ship, they fly it through the doors at like uh-huh. at that, that hyperspace or hyperspeed. And you're like, what the fuck? You can hit things at hyperspeed? I don't think that ends well. And yeah. then they just, nah, you're fine. That's just how that works. They're like, But in the next movie, that's not how that works. Like, uh-huh. at all. Like, they completely change how it works. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, how hyperspeed, you cease to, like, function, you cease to interact with other matter, but you can interact with electromagnetic fields, apparently, with the force field? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Except when you run into another ship, then totally different things happen. They've, yes, but they've also, they, they have had a precedent in, in Star Wars canon of the ships in Rebels that, you know, the the Imperial ships that can use electromagnetic waves to pull you out of hyperspeed. Yeah, the Interceptor like, or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah, just like it grabs it grabs you and pulls you out. It's basically a gravity well, yeah. It's yeah. a gravity well ship. Right. Yeah, but, it's very odd. Uh, and so I just wish they would quit trying to fuck with hyperspace. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, yeah, it's hyperspace, just magic wand it. And that, then uh-huh. they tried to, like... Yeah, we can do this. Like, you're the first human being in the history of the right. universe that's ever decided to use hyperspace in this way. Yeah. Including the people that designed hyperspeed. <laughs> like, no one has ever done this before. And you're just like, yeah, it'll probably work. Like, I feel like that's not usually what happens when you're like, yeah, yeah it'll probably work. The fact that, like, that, my favorite, when a sci-fi wants to go somewhere in the galaxy, I always just say, just please use a wormhole. Just do Guardians of the Galaxy. Do, yeah. you know, Battlestar. Just, like, just make a wormhole. Uh, fold space and time, please. Just mm-hmm. it makes it so easy. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, the it's like they. Okay, so at what point are you going to explain the inertial dampeners required to accelerate to l- faster than light speed and stop in like three miles? Like the yeah. amount of momentum you would have, it would be like incalculable. Also, like the... you would just punch a hole straight through the fucking planet. Right. Like is what you would do. Also, Chewie, you gotta repair the hyperdrive. You're like, yeah, what? Like, like the amount of times it just doesn't work. Like, like, and you trust this thing to stop you in yeah. like, dear God, the amount of momentum. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's scary to think about. Like, if you actually had the ability to accelerate to faster light travel in less than five seconds, because like in Ender's Game in that universe, they talk about how it takes months and months for a ship to get up to light speed or near light speed. Mm-hmm. And then it takes months and months again for them to slow down and turn. 
It's like they can cross great distances, but it takes like years. Right. And even then, because, you know, it's like 80 light years. Like, okay, well, it will take us like, you know, 50 years to get there. Well, okay, well, so it's going to take us 50 years to get there. But like the first 18 months is just getting up to speed. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, like you just say light speed. It's like, that's, it's like, you don't understand the difference in acceleration you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's like just the, the, the ability to get to that speed is so difficult, even if we had these unrealistic drive engines. Mm-hmm. Because in space, you have effectively, like, zero friction, right? Near, but even nearly. then, even if we had limitless power to dump into some thruster, it would take you so long to get to that speed, assuming no other forces interact. Also, with. if you could interact with matter, if you could interact with matter, space is not matterless. It's just matter. Yeah. It is just, sorry, it's not low, devoid low of matter. Low density. Yeah, it's a very low matter, but it's still density. Yeah. So if those... It, they said the precedent that in the in that you know the movie by you know when the they launched the the capital ship and the other ships and it ripped them apart with the hyperspeed. You're like, oh my god! That means these things interact with matter when they're flying. Jesus! Mm-hmm. Like, how does like, how does this work? Like you would just instantly die because at the speed yeah. you're moving, you would interact tiniest... with such a volume of space and the, that the you, like, there's no way you. there's nothing there. It's but, impossible. Yeah, the particles would shred you instantaneously. So it'd be. Yeah. So they've already said like there's force fields, and so some ships don't have force shields or hyperdrives, and so that doesn't work. But uh, what I'm waiting for yeah. is the episode of The Mandalorian where he says we're gonna have to turn on the hyperdrive with the with the cab open or some shit like that. I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, Jesus. I'm like it's okay. He's wearing Beskar. Yeah, Beskar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's this, yeah. All all this is just a really really long circuitous way of saying Star Wars is the worst at like at, at making a really defined difference between soft and hard sci-fi mm. and you should just make a choice just make a choice which side you're going to be on hard sci-fi yeah. is really hard to do you can do it though you can do it it's just difficult um, I'm pretty sure Firefly explored more worlds in their 12 episodes in a movie than Star Wars has in like their mm-hmm. 300 episodes and like 9 movies mm-hmm no, no, it's more than that. It's like eleven movies now. One of the, I was like one of the one of the uh, content that did this kind of thing that I thought was really they just decided to go ahead and just say they could do it is uh, Mass Effect the game series. Hmm. They had a really cool. It was just like there were alien sh- ships out there. There were functionally mass drivers, right? They would just it would throw your ship. It would use electromagnetic and gravity waves to just throw your ship super fast. So you didn't actually have to accumulate any acceleration because you would. The thing was only, it was one to one, right? This gravity well went to th- this gravity slingshot, went to that gravity slingshot. It shot you there. And once you got there, you got caught by the other gravity slingshot. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So you, there were jump points that you could get to in, in the galaxy. And I was like, there you go. That, that solves a lot of this problem. It doesn't solve the whole problem of, you know, being able Basically to travel. Basically a portal but, system, right? Yeah, functionally a portal system. Yeah. But it, it, it was a mass driver, which is something that they've talked about a lot, being able to use in space. We've talked about mm. uh, theoretically a lot to do things in our, in our own solar system because mass drivers would be awesome to use on things, places like Mercury where they have a lot less gravity, right? Um, so, so, like, but that, that was a, not a wormhole solution, but it did the same thing, and it was a really good, like, this is it. Like that's hard enough. Don't don't have to, don't have to. We're not gonna. And they never used it as a gun to shoot yeah. the people. Like they ever. They just like no, it doesn't do that. It just does this. It's the only thing you can do with it. Um, I liked it. There are lot. There are lots of good. There's lots of really good sci-fi 
a harder sci-fi out there too that that does great. But for some reason, yeah, Star Wars. Basically, is just... anytime they do they do light speed, it's just terrible in Star Wars. Everything they do about it, like the fact that it's controlled by a manual lever, is just like beyond comprehension. Yeah, it's like, well, first off, we have a ship that has a total cabin space of about four cubic meters, and then yeah. we're going to somehow have this ship able to propel itself at faster than light travel in less than a second, and also be able to support the power systems on this fucking ship with. Apparently nine collapsing stars. <laughs> like, I don't know how, the, what is fueling this thing? Like, whatever, just doesn't matter. Like, like that's all easy to disbelieve, but the problem is like, yeah, so I'm just going to use the nav to tell me where this planet is, and I'm going to pull this lever to go at light speed, have zero visual or, or apparently instrument feedback on what I am, and then just slowly push the lever back, Beam. and then I'll be where I would. Yeah, it's like what the fuck like like there's no amount of human reaction time you could ever develop under the most like like twitch based scenario that you could shut that thing off with a fucking lever and end up anywhere near where you were trying to go like how far does light travel in one second because I, I think i read in an article that the average they tested a bunch of like semi-truck drivers and from visual input that they needed to break it took them 1.3 seconds to get their foot on the brake and apply pressure. Uh, the So, like, how far does light go in one second? Let's see. It's got to be, like, tens or hundreds of thousands of miles. Uh, yeah, it's 186. It's 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. that's You're going to miss your mark by a bit. Yeah. But as long as the other guy was exactly the same slowness pulling the lever down, he won't disintegrate both yeah, of your ships. Yeah, that'd be fine. And then kill everyone in a hundred mile radius on the other side from the shrapnel. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You just turned your fucking ship into a space shotgun every time you fly in formation. It's so dumb. It's so idiotically stupid. But it's like, they should have just gotten rid of that in the first one. It's like, like when they're like, alright, where are we? It's like, we're three minutes away. It's like, alright, Drop us out of hyperspace. Like, where the fuck? Like, you'd be so far away. Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to shut up about this now. I find it very infuriating. And this is actually the biggest problem I have with all of episode seven. It's <laughs> just the fact that he was going to he was gonna turn off the hyperdrive inside the shield. I'm like, what? It's like, did, did no one know how fast they're going? Like, it's not like you're going to pull the e-brake and turn. Like, where are you going to stop? Uh, all right. I need to get a lozenge because I've been screaming for like the last hour. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna go so I can get some rest if I'm gonna be up there tomorrow. All right, let's go ahead and stop this. Okay. You ready? Oh shit! Give me a second. Uh, my computer's. Computer. Oh shit! I misclicked. I meant to click Audible, and it's giving me something else, and I want to make sure it's not. Don't worry. I'm just uploading my hard drive to Dropbox. <laughs> I actually clicked Dropbox and upload a whole computer. Whoops. Sorry. Give me a second. <laughs> I just remember every time we talk about this, and if people don't remember, I had Parker install Dropbox so he could send me files. <laughs> he tried to back up his hard drive because he clicked the wrong button. <laughs> so I just imagine this 8-bit Parker standing with like the Mario pose feet pointed opposite directions. He's just like leaning down with like a PC on his back. He's trying to shove it up into a little floaty cloud above him. And he's like, err, err. And it's like, why can't I do anything? Every time you click anywhere, it just plays this little 8-bit image. 
trying to shove your computer into a cloud. Like, I got it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every time we talk about Dropbox, this comes back to me. Yeah. And I can't it's, stop laughing. It's pretty awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to draw this image. It's going to be amazing. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see it.